Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. Today, I am joined by Mr. Michael Huber. Hello. And Mr. Kyle Bosman. Hello. Rocket Adieu. Uh, I'll be hosting this. I'm Ben Moore, and I've got something on the brain. What I'm going to start the the pre what have you been playing banter with, mm-hmm. and that is Smash Brothers. Smash nice. on the brain. Smash is on the brain. Smash on the brain. <laughs> uh, we're less than a month away from Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is crazy. I feel like it's really snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to ask you two questions. First one's going to be a nice little softball. Just you know, start the Smash conversation. Then we're going to get into the nitty gritty. The hard balls. Yeah. Hard balls for us. It will, we'll have to turn against each other a little bit. Okay. All right. Which of the Smash newcomers are you most excited for? Okay, let's. Uh, there's not too many, so I think we could actually list them off. Mm-hmm. Inkling. Yep. Uh, Simon the Belmonts. Yep. Incineroar. Incineroar. Yep. Uh, Isabella. Isabel. Isabel. Excuse me, Isabel. Waluigi. No. Wah. <laughs> uh, Ridley. Is, Ridley. Yeah, Ridley Day Three. Uh, Ken. Okay. Daisy. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Like Daisy, don't say Daisy. Okay. Don't say Dark Samus. Okay. Like I think that's it for like new mechanical new characters, right? Might be forgetting one or two, but okay, we got there. All right, pretty much. All right. Oh, King K. Rule. Come on. Rule. Oh, sure. King K. Rule. <laughs> okay. So among those seven, which are we most excited about? Yeah, well, what, what's your, what's your you, Mr. Kyle Vossman, in your heart of hearts, most excited about? Uh, you know what? It's Incineroar and then Ridley close second. I didn't expect you to pick Incineroar. Why did you pick Incineroar? I love a Smash character who loves to smash. I love a Smash character who is there to f- punch and kick and grab and, and just explode in fury. Sick. So Incineroar over King K. Rool, then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King K. Rool's a joke. In, uh, you re- why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because one eye is bigger than the other eye. He's just there to just kind of... He's there to get beat up. <clears throat> he's there to get beat up. You think so, huh? I do. Yep. He's just there his to launch his little flops, cannonballs. His guns. Yep. yep. I, uh, I think that's wrong, okay. but I respect your opinion. Yep. I respect your opinion. Incineroar uh, does look very, very fun. Huber, yeah. which of the newcomers are you most excited for? Dude, without a shadow of a doubt, the Belmonts. This yeah. has been a long time coming. Thank long, you, Huber. Long, long, long overdue. This is what Smash is all about. These these fantasy matchups, these uh, easy or uneasy alliances between some of your favorite video game characters of all time. The it's Belmonts. Fair. It's fair. It's fair. Ready. Yep. And don't forget, <laughs> you'll be doing it at Dracula's Castle. <laughs> yes. How sick is that? Yeah, dude. Ben, I forgot one that's actually in my top two or three. It's Piranha Plant. It's well, a it's a bit. It's not a bit. I, I thought you I, like, hated I, Piranha Plant. Yeah, I thought you hated Piranha Plant. I can't Plant. keep up with yeah, these Bosman hot takes. So Piranha Plant is a character I'm excited to play as. I think it's a weird thing to add as an early purchase incentive. Okay. It's, it seemed like a cheap call. Do you that know? actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it was okay. like, we need we need people to buy the game early. Sure. What can we just give them? And it kind of seems like that kind of character. Yeah. But like I'm more excited to play as Piranha Plant than Inkling, for instance. I'm really excited to play Piranha Plant. Yeah. Just like sniping people across the stage coming out of your your little poison gas yeah yeah you're a little nasty little um, guy yeah i wasn't counting that just because it's not going to be there day one but i still think it's good to bring up for sure yeah. and i do think it is is pretty exciting all right now we have to turn against each other a little bit okay 
don't hold anything back. Who is, without a shadow of the out of, of a doubt, going to win the Smash the first Smash tournament? Brad. You think Brad? Me. Brad always wins. Damiani. Has Brad won all of our Smash tournaments? Did Damiani beat Brad ever? Maybe. Okay. Now, Damiani is going to be reviewing Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. Do you think oh. that advantage will play into... It does a little bit, because, you know, like, the, the way they kind of flop, you know, you hit somebody, and they kind of, like, speed up and drop. That's, like, a little bit of, like, different gravity. Yeah. Yeah, Damiani has an advantage. Okay. I'm going with Are you with sticking Damiani. with Brad? I'll take Brad. You can take Damiani. I'll take Damiani. Yep. All Brad right. has beaten me in Smash my entire life. I'll take uh, <laughs> last place's Blood. Jones will actually upset and beat Bloodworth. Well, wait, okay. This is great. That was my next question. So yeah. he's going to be last. Yeah. So you think Bloodworth will be last? I do think Bloodworth will be last. Why do you think Bloodworth will be last? Because Jones has some passion. He's going to beat Bloodworth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but why are you, why Jones are you wants saying to win more. that yes. Jones and Blood are going to be duking it out of the bottom? There's nine of us. If you don't know, if you've never watched an Easy Allies tournament, yeah. Bloodworth has never won one. Oh, the entire time okay. we've existed, I'm, like that. I'm putting him on blast. Blood, you got to win a tournament for me to respect you as a competitor. <laughs> where, where are you going to place? I'll be in the middle. Damiani's going to crush me. Like I we get, always knock each other out, Kyle. I feel like you and I do. Yeah, we're always yeah, yeah. on each other. We're you give me with middle. that Bowser drop kick. <laughs> I felt it a hundred times <laughs> against you and Hu- Huber. Yeah. Kyle. Huber wins. Huber, Huber wins. wins? Against, yeah, he does. I say Kyle wins. Yeah. See, we're all we're always even matched. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> But there's just, I can't beat Damiani at Smash Bros. I can't do it. It's just there's a mental block there. So, I beat so you Brad, think it's like, less his raw ability in Smash and more your... Yeah, it's like reciting the national anthem. You know, uh-huh. it's just like I can never get all the words right. Okay, so you, you've been through this experience before yeah. fighting Damiani in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. What is it that you think about during a match with Damiani specifically? So when I play Smash Brothers, I don't think right. I think about what I want to do, and I don't ever think about what my opponent wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about just dashing to the item as fast as I can. I think about uh, hitting them as hard as I can with a smash move. And like, oh, I'm loading up. They'll surely fall into my smash attack. And just, you know, I'm just not good at fighting games. And it's okay to be not good at fighting games. You can compete in Smash Brothers. You can do stuff. But, I mean, there's still basic mechanics of spacing and thinking ahead and trying to get in the mind of your opponent. Mm. That I'm not there yet. Okay. Not there yet. Brad Strat is just the uh, the like invisible thing or the the like iframes. The what dodge. The dodge. You press like down and L. So much dodging from Brad. Yes. I, I feel like max amount of dodging and rolling mm-hmm. and coming up behind you and using the seasick. Yeah. I feel like in any fighting game that we play at our level. If you just focus on defense, yeah. you're yeah. guaranteed to yeah. get to like Top the three. semifinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jones upsets Bloodworth. I still want to just mm-hmm. hammer this out really quick. Mm-hmm. Does Jones then lose, or is he going farther? No, Jones loses in round two. <laughs> okay. What All about right. Ian? Because remember, Ian is self-described is, the worst Smash player. Yeah. Of all time. He's not like Smash. He's not like Smash. But I Jones think might this, beat Ian. The game is out on a Friday. And the stream is on a Tuesday? Because you know yeah. Ian is going to put in time on this one. Jones is putting in time, though. And That's Ian, thing. though, too. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna start practicing Smash 4. I said the thing. Ian I'm, put in I'm time. Ready. Ian put in time in Soul Calibur 6 and yeah. showed up. Yeah, he Did showed he? up. Yes. Man, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get to watch that stream. I watched... 
I guess I think I watched the final match, but I didn't get to see the whole thing. Ian learned how to combo into super. It was amazing yeah, nice. and won that tournament. Beat yeah. Damiani. Nice. So you're I, you're right. I, I, maybe I'm underselling Ian a little yeah, bit. He's going to show up. Yeah. Ian Wildcard. Yeah. Okay. Blood, Brandon at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian and Brad at the top it'll be uh, and I'm afraid Don is going to be near the bottom as well Don just doesn't have the fighting spirit I don't know if he really wants to be good at Smash Brothers mm-hmm. he'll show up for the Trials Fusion tournament <laughs> yeah. Fusion? will we have no. multiple what's the new one called? Trials Global I don't remember what the new one it's is called it's been too long they announced it too evolution? long ago no evolution was already uh, it's already, it already exists. oh okay alright Charles Road Warrior? It has like, doesn't it have like the graffiti writing? Yeah, I it does, see it. yeah. I just think of it as the new Trials it's game green. in my mind. God. Uh, will we have multiple Smash Ultimate tournaments? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to play it all month. Oh, yeah. I want to play that game all month. It'll long. be interesting to see how the tournament places either like solidify or change up over the course of the month, too. Yeah. Uh, Fusion. Oh, nice. You nailed the first try. No. No, no, no. no. Fusion oh, is no. the most recent one. Rising. 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 My goodness. I just got to okay. associate it with Metal Gear then. Yeah. <laughs> um, we used to do this really cool thing when I was I had three roommates. Uh, this is back in college who also loved Smash Bros. And so we had this thing on our fridge that was points that we would accrue throughout the semester. And if you got first place in a match, you got two points. Second place, one point. And so... Basically, I love that. There was a stake for every match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your points grow. Um, the guy who got the most points played as only Diddy Kong. And we're talking about uh, the Weavers. We're talking about Brawl. So he's just killing us with Diddy Kong every single time. Makes me so mad. Just gets a stupid final smash. Just riding around his little jetpack. Uh so well, and what I'm saying is like while like there could be some shifts, mm-hmm. there could also be one person who chooses to be Diddy Kong only and just yeah. dominates the, for the like the entirety of Easy Allies. I'm looking at tier ranks. He wouldn't the play night as any other character. It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm winning as Diddy Kong. I'm not leaving Diddy Kong. So you're saying you only respect the dominant player if they mix up their characters? No, if they pick a low tier character. Oh, okay, hey, that's, yeah. that is the only way to get for a respect. long time. Yes, long I think he still time. is, dude. I don't think Bob Tower's I mean, as positive. I feel like in the last tier. Smash, the most recent one though, they finally gave him respect. That drop, drop kick. kick. Is, yes, we, we've got we've got Essential. seventy-four yeah. characters at launch. Yeah, it's gonna take a while, I think, <laughs> to maybe hammer out the tears. I don't no know way. how effective tier crow already out. I mean, dude. a lot is gonna be coming from Smash Four, but yeah. they're making a lot of changes. I'm watching Info One that weekend, learning the strats. Yeah, teach us. Yeah. It's gonna be Meta Knight, you, man, and you just wanna you wanna do it. If Meta Knight is good again, you don't wanna be that. <laughs> yeah. Are you uh are you playing Bowser? Got to. Yeah. Do you know who you're 100%. playing, Kyle? Yeah, I got some plans. I got some plans. No not going to reveal them. I'm not gonna reveal them. <laughs> I see. I wanna have a co op tournament. Two V two? Never yeah, we never do co op tournaments. I love those. So we fun. we have in the past. We've totally done co op. Yeah, we did uh Oh dude. Was it Mar- we did Mario Party. That was teams. Yeah, that was, was that what that one was? Mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah, tennis we didn't do co-op, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. Mario Party. And then like the creative streams yeah. when we have a team and stuff like that. Absolutely, we do teams. I like teams. Here, you fall into an interesting space where like, I would not describe you as a super competitive person, mm-hmm. but you enjoy very much competitive games. Definitely. So Definitely. Yeah. If I lose, it's fine. If I win, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just there for the, the I'm, not for the I'm not buying it. I, I absolutely see Huber as a very competitive person. I definitely no. have seen... Yes. I, Some well, of yourself, but it's I been less than super, other allies. 
my salt comes from my loyalty to characters. So I'm more pissed that if I lose with Bowser, I'm more pissed that like Bowser is low tier or something. That's where my rage come from. Mm. It's not because like you beat me, you're better than me, or like I'm worse than you. It's like you chose some cheap ass character, man versus self. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. I don't even I don't even <laughs> know if I should say this information because it, a it could change and b I don't know how it will like impact you, but. Uh, I was listening to this like 36 minute zero tier predictions, and oh, no. uh, he put Bowser pretty low. Damn it! It's all right. He put Pikachu is the best. So zero's coming game. back full force. Zero's coming back. I feel like yeah. Speed cool. always freaking wins in this game, dude. Who does Speed? That yeah, was actually fast, something yeah. that so was said. Yeah, yeah, is is how vital speed like is. Bayonetta is just zip 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 zip. Bayonetta so was yeah. in the was in the top yeah. of his predictions. Yeah. Lame. So. See, I hate losing strength to speed. That's where I get bitter in competition. <laughs> uh, and I true. hate losing. I have seen that a hundred times. Yeah, yes. And I hate losing melee to ranged as well. Then I'll get really upset. <laughs> I believe. So. I believe he rated uh, King K. Rule as the best big boy. Wow. Okay. Put him so. on my list. Belly flop. Best big boy. There we go. Yeah. Excellent. All right, time to get into the games. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have to start off with this because of how personally impressed I am with it, and I know you just did a huge stream on it, Kyle. Tell me about Tetris Effect. Tetris. Tetris Effect. Tetris. Tetris Effect is uh, uh, it is a Tetris game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi uh, is one of the producers on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, known for Res, known for Space Channel Five, known for Luminous, uh, known for just making sick, cool puzzle games that involve music. Um, and this is one of those, but it's kind of unlike a lot of Tetris games that have come out recently. There's no bad gimmicks to it. There's a gimmick to it that's you know going into the zone, uh, which maybe we can go into, but. Primarily, it's just about letting the Tetris be Tetris, and then uh, the visuals and music is what really compels you to keep playing and being in the game. Yeah, um, and kind of this this big main mode that it has, Journey Mode, uh, is pretty cool because it you will play through a bulk of stages. So there'll be separate stages, but you'll kind of shift through them, uh, and so you'll go through all four or five or whatever ends up being for that chunk, and as you're going through this journey of this chunk of stages, the speed will increase, the song will change, uh, the, the noises that happen when you're rotating your Tetris pieces will change, and it's, it's not only cool seeing how the individual stages uh, transition over time, but seeing those transitions between stages uh, is awesome. Just having like, and like, you can play this without VR, and I don't know if you've played it with VR. I have not. I have, yet, no. I have only played it with VR. Cool. And it's hard for me to imagine not playing in a VR Whoa. because just having things swim by you or having like giant things clash in the background, it's just kind of this visual feast. And it's, it's a hard thing to talk about um and i think to really sell people where you're like yeah it's just trippy tetris like i think you can really boil it down but i was throughout journey mode in vr i was just in awe of both like the music and the visuals um and and how 
distinct it was across all. And there are a lot of stages in journey mode. Uh, I just had, I was enraptured the entire time. And it would be like, okay, well, I failed this stage. It wasn't like, oh, I'll take a break. It's like, no, I need to, to keep going. Uh, it was just absorbing. So, uh, but Kyle, you mentioned the the gimmick that it had, the yes. zone mode. Yeah. As somebody who is who is easily the best Tetris player amongst the allies, what did you think about that mode? I love it. I love it too. Sorry to explain it. Uh, basically, you build up a super meter as you're playing Tetris. As you make lines disappear, you build up this little uh, zone meter. If you activate the zone meter, the press of R two or L two, I guess, uh, you go into this mode where it's basically Every line you make doesn't disappear. It just kind of like fills up on the map. And so uh, if you fill up, uh, I don't know, you accrue lines, basically. Mm -hmm. How many lines can you accrue within, I don't know, it lasts like maybe five seconds. It doesn't last too long, but maybe a little longer than that. And so you try to fill up to the top. And so basically, as opposed to getting four lines at once, you can get 20 lines at once. You can get a little perfectress. Dang. And that's what it's called. Did like you get a perfectress? I, I got it. I got nice. to where like I can get perfectresses consistently. Nice. I'm not um, there yet. It's tricky. And and uh it's kind of a fun thing to uh work up to. So, you know, you're doing your Tetris stuff, you're doing your normal stuff, but you're basically in the back of your mind, you're like, I've got to work up to my next zone, get that mm-hmm. perfectress. And the game rewards you for it. If yeah. you get a perfectress, you're likely on your way to an SS rank. Um uh what was hard for me, Ben is getting used to the modern Tetris mechanics, mm. which have been in here for a long time. You know, holding onto a piece. You don't like a piece, you swap it, you put in your hold slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, pressing up to slam a piece down. Like, people mm-hmm. have been doing that for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, uh, just having the outline of the piece where it's going to land. And most importantly, Tetris is not about getting Tetrises anymore. The best of the best just get little combos. It's about comboing line by line by line by line by yeah. line. Yeah, so are you slamming those lines down and yeah. doing like three co- combo well, three or whatever? Yeah, and combo the, three is bad. You want to be like 15 and 20 combos. The, but, because you were doing it and it was like you were building up a huge thing and then you would slam the piece down and it would get a bunch of lines and you'd slam it down and get a bunch of lines but uh-huh. then you'd be out of ways to keep the combo going. So I was yeah, confused. Right. So you're not supposed to slam big lines, dude. You're just supposed to get like a pee, pee, Got pee, it. pee, 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 pee. Okay. And that's how you get a high score in Tetris. Okay. The game called Tetris is no longer about Tetris. Yeah, what? Um, <laughs> and in journey mode, I feel like the structure of it really rewards that style because yeah. it's not about getting a high score. It's about clearing a number of lines. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, if you want to get to the next stage, clear 30 lines, clear you know 90 lines or whatever it is. And so if you can, yeah, like Kyle is saying, have those gaps and just fill them in and get line after line after line after line, uh, you'll progress and yeah huber you'll be going through it it'll be pretty chill and it'll be on like speed four and then the rhythm of the song will change and suddenly you're at speed 10 and just like kind of adapting to that and having the music kind of reinforce either the chillness or the anxiety that you're feeling i think is really really cool um and the zone mechanic kyle Mm -hmm. i i feel like it does something that my favorite mechanics do where through use, I found more applications for it. Like it wasn't like it was beating me over the head with how to best use this because like, yeah, it's cool getting a huge combo, but what also you do when you are activated in zone mode, any lines that you get don't just immediately disappear. They go to the bottom of the entire board, mm. and so it'll shift everything up. And so you can kind of use it as this way to clean up your board. 
and just kind of change. Even if you're like pretty deep in, you can change how the whole thing works. And so you're just going and you're having these moments of like, oh, okay, this would be a good time to cash in on this zone mode. Um, and, and just having those those moments naturally and, and yeah, just going through this journey, man. It's awesome. Even if you... Kyle, do you think this game is good for people who aren't already partial to Tetris? Because I've, I've seen some like, hey, this is, you know, pretty expensive for something... I've been playing a whole bunch. Yeah. No, I mean, it's $40, 40 Ooh. US dollars. Yeah, Huber had that re- guttural Ooh. reaction to it. Because uh, it reminds me, I can't help but think of Pac-Man Championship Edition when I see Tetris Effect. I think it's just, a fair comparison. Uh, yeah. Just like modernizing a game while like picking up the pace of it, I guess, and having the, the sights and the sounds while also yeah. retaining like the classic way the game feels. Yeah. But also adding in like weird, cool new modes um and that was only what like 15 bucks i think for pac-man when that came out yeah so what what i would say about tetris is that it's it is artful which i don't think i would say about pac-man dx Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um it has in its own way a message it has something that it wants to communicate to you uh (laughs) oh i want to say something so bad yeah what i i know it it's weird thinking of there is something that happens during the credits oh got you that i found humorous for like a split second but I, I won't ruin it for people who are just getting into tetris effect so. yeah um but like as you just said like if somebody's just like not sold immediately i can't sell it to you immediately yeah. if, if you watch that trailer if you saw how this game looks and you're like not for me i think you're right i think it won't be for you yeah it's hard to speak to everyone mm-hmm. but sure. i don't feel like it's hyperbolic for me to say that i think based on my time with it right now in this moment, Tetris Effect is one of the best games of the year for me personally. Yeah, yeah. And me like, too. it, Tetris Effect to me is kind of like one of those games where you, you go and you see a really good show and you're trying to, you come back from that show and you're so excited and you just want your friends to see it and they're like, ah, they're just looking at the ticket prices and they're like, ah, it's so much. It's like, no, you'll understand where you, where you see it when you see it. It's kind of like that for me where like beyond that like briefly humorous thing that happened during the end credits, I actually felt emotional by the time that I got there. And this is just Tetris. Crazy. This is Tetris. This is what it does with the sights and the sounds and how it leads you through these things and how it progresses and how it all connects. And it really does kind of loop all the way back around um, that... Yeah, I wish the demo wasn't just for the weekend. That That is an odd choice because I do think this is a game that once you kind of play it, and I was way in after I played the demo, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, I, I think just like having something to point to and be like, go play this for free, and then maybe you'll want to spend the 40 bucks. Uh, now that that's not around, it's pretty frustrating. But, yeah, there are a bunch of other modes in Tetris Effect. Yes. Like, Tetris Effect just isn't this journey mode, and so I don't want to undersell it and be like, hey, go spend $40 to this one thing. Like, there's a ton of other stuff I just haven't gotten around to Is there yet. a classic mode? There's a classic mode. Uh, it still has a hold, but it doesn't have the zone. Cool. Um, and so, basically, that is get 150 lines, and that takes, like, seven to eight minutes. Is there an infinite mode? Uh, there is an infinite mode. Nice. Which is pointless to me. Okay, well, when you are doing, like, Bosman v. Wozniak, isn't that infinite? That's the thing. There's a fundamental difference between the Game Boy Tetris yeah. of, of my heart and yeah. modern Tetris is that it's no longer about... Score. Inevitability of death. Okay. 
It, all, both of them are about score, but, uh, you know, Game Boy Tetris is get as many Tetrises as you can before you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is combo for your entire life until we say game over, until we, like, you get the certain amount of lines that we want you to get, mm-hmm. and then that your score is based off of that. Because basically, Huber, the way, like... When a piece drops at a high speed, you can keep twisting it and push, pushing it around. And it's so weird, you know, like, it's faster than level 20 of Game Boy Tetris, but the pieces move after they drop. And so you can kind of play this game forever. If you get good at moving pieces around at a fast speed, then nothing can stop you. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's zero frames between it being on the top and it being on the bottom, and then you just work with it after that. And so, uh, yeah, the actual speed of... The game becomes trivial, and it, well, it's not trivial. It's really hard to think that fast. But um, it's not about this inevitability of death anymore. I like which, that. What, you like that? I like that. I love that invi- inevitability of death. No, that's what I mean. That's what oh, I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the Game Boy style. Where yes, it's exactly. Like, I'm going as far as I can before I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that anymore. It's not that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not as like indebted. I think to Tetris as you are, but man, I love holding pieces. I love. I like, like slamming. I like slamming Hitting a lot. Up to slam feels I, really good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm way into that. Um, Kyle, are you a T spinner? No. That's another thing is there's the modes that you talk about. You can actually learn. Is yeah. Which I what I really like, and that's what I'm going to play most of, is that there's a mode that's specifically designed to teach you how to combo. And so when I was talking about T T T T, there's a mode that's all about that. Yep. And so I'm going to spend a lot more time in there. It's actually really fun. There's a mode that'll teach you how to do all clears, and then that actually kind of inevitably teaches you how to do T-spins as well. And so I will get better as a modern Tetris player. Um, because, yeah, you get bonus points for T-spins as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, the best people in the world are comboing T-spins to get minimal lines to get maximum combos. Um, and that's something that I want to emphasize about Journey Mode is my skill as a Tetris player uh, during stage one versus the last stage was huge. And cool. I was doing things and I was thinking and reacting at a speed that I didn't think possible. And it really forces you to do that. And so some of these stages are moving at what I perceive to be pretty fast. And I was doing T-spins out of necessity, not because I was actively trying to do it or I had that skill set. So that was really cool. Um, Kyle... I watch a lot of people who are much better in, in many genres of video games than I am. Mm-hmm. Nothing is more soul-crushing than watching the best Tetris players in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. they are doing things that I can't even comprehend. Like, they are taking Same. pieces and fitting them into spots. And, like, how did they even do that? It's just like they, they hacked the game. They, and they squish them. Yeah, they do. They know how to squish pieces. They do. It's really it's really cool. And I guess it's cool that the game is forever. For all of those people. Yeah. Right? Like, the idea of having a hold is there to make the game easier than it is on Game Boy. Yeah. And the idea of being able to move pieces after they land is to make the game easier. And so while they made some things to make the game easier, uh, they also implemented mechanics to make it incentivize players who are really good uh, to do those things to get the highest scores possible. Yeah. What I mean to say is if getting back-to-back Tetrises was the best way to get points in this game, it'd be the easiest game in the world. Mm-hmm. And everybody would just have millions, you know? And so basically they had to reward more intricate techniques. Um, just gotta get there. The other thing about just gauging your own skill, you were talking about the different modes of learning. Mm-hmm. And in journey mode as well, like all of those things are giving you a rank. And so that helps you as well. So if you get a B, you can go for that A or that S or that double S um, when you're clearing too. And I always think that's pretty addicting to go after. So simple thing. But 
Huber. I can't get better than a B, by the way. In the marathon stages? mode. Oh, oh, in, marathon the, in, mode? The, in the stages, I totally can. In journey mode, yeah, you can get, get those double S's even. In classic mode, marathon, first get to 150 lines. Can't get better than a B. I have not tried that yet. Yeah. I doubt I'll be able to get a B, but it's like... I'm having such a good time. Like, mm-hmm. Even when it's giving me a low ranking, the the visuals and the audio and just the vibe of it are enough yeah. that I don't care. I think like yeah, yeah. that's the best place you want to be in because when you're having a good time, even when you're sucking, you still want to keep playing. And that mm-hmm. was kind of that kind of speaks to that absorbing nature that I was talking about. Huber, hmm. you finished Red Dead Redemption two. Mm-hmm. Did it? Live up to your expectations. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it it did. did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Tell me about your experience with Red Dead Redemption 2. A blissful one week, every morning, 7 a.m., all nighter, just every night. So when would blissful. you start blissful. When would you, when would you start playing? Until 7 yep. When would you start playing? Uh, sometime, <laughs> like, I'd play in the day a little bit, but, like... Uh, Beth usually doesn't work until nighttime, mm-hmm. so I'd usually start at like five or six, play until she got home. Then we'd have dinner. Then she'd go to sleep, and then I'd play till like seven a.m. like every night. So <laughs> you're that's, playing. That's like a twelve-hour like chunk. Yeah, like it, dude. It was that game's long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> true, true, true. That's a big game. Yep. <laughs> so when it when it you when it lived up to your expectations what does that really mean was it the story was it the world was it the things you can do like you seemed pretty captivated if you're playing 12 hours a night yeah um i'll tell you what really caught me off guard was the realism was just how deliberately paced uh this game is and having to you know clean your weapons and just all those little details surpassed my expectations mm-hmm. um i didn't see any of that any of that type of stuff coming and and that really like made the experience like i didn't expect to role play as hard as i did and so, that that was the most fun is like this is a game that you can really like role play yeah there's like a main narrative but you can still you know, with, like, the morality system, I'm, I'm trying to be, like, dance around here and be vague. But, like, with the, the morality system, you, can, you know, you can play with kind of the characters' motivations and you can make certain things more important than someone else that played the game uh, does. So, just, like, being able to, contr- like, have that kind of uh, imprint was, was awesome. It's interesting that you say that that's kind of like the thing that leaps out to you mm-hmm. as, as what really drew you in because I feel like that's kind of been the biggest source of criticism for people mm. where they're like, man, sometimes Red Dead Redemption feels like it's going for realism at the cost of enjoyment. Like mm. sometimes I feel like I, I have to overcome these things. And I'm not saying mm. that that is how I feel. I'm just saying that I feel like this is an issue that I've seen get brought up time and time and time again. Totally. The controls specifically are not the greatest. Um, you know, I wrestled with them once in a while. You get, you know, as you play game, a specific game, more hours, you get more accustomed to them. And, uh, I don't think they're bad. They're just different and slow. You know, I think, uh, slow, like you can be slow, but not bad. You know what I mean? Deliberate. Deliberate pace. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I was kind of expecting that because honestly, going back and playing GTA 5, Red Dead 1, GTA 4, like GTA 3 in those, like Rockstar has never been known for great controls. Right. It's it's the sights and the sounds, you know? It's yeah. The shootouts are, you know, a lot of auto-aim. You can turn auto-aim off, of course, but it's, it's more challenging because things are kind of like slow and unwieldy. Uh, but it's the sights and sounds, you know? It's the sights of hip firing with the repeater it just looks awesome it feels awesome <laughs> so the slow-mo the slow-mo. emphasizing the kills get that max headshot. pain style yeah. yeah and top tier shotgun dude do not sleep on the pump action shotgun so good what do, what do you say to the people that you know you mentioned the controls being mm-hmm. a little unwieldy yeah. what do you say to the people that argue were this not a rockstar game uh the media would be harsher towards those controls. <laughs> it's an interesting point. Um, man, I think I don't know what I think. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not gonna you lie. Do, I'm dude. stumped. You know, it gets hmm. a little rock star pass. You know that for sure. I mean, I can't speak to other reviewers, you know? Right. Like, I haven't watched Jones's review yet. Does mm-hmm. he criticize the controls? I have no idea. I, I don't know either. He doesn't at all? Mm-mm. Like, I would have. Okay. I still mm-hmm. would have given the game a 10, but I would have said, yo, controls are a little sketch. Yo, <laughs> controls are a little sketch. Controls so are a little sketch. So, when, when you say <laughs> yeah. you would still give it a 10, <laughs> yeah. are you implying that the other stuff exactly. just kind of... Not makes up for it, yes. but... There's so much goodness and mm. so many just wow moments that uh, that it outweighs some of the some of the cumbersome controls. If and it, it was never... just if it was a level based running and shooting game, yeah. it would be less forgivable. Totally. If there's... it was just like level two, go shoot these guys and run around. Like mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But it is like a common issue everybody has. It's just like yeah. man, I had a hard time. Yeah. Personally speaking, I didn't. Yeah, and it gets easier as you go on. Kyle, yeah. do you think that is because you're a pro gamer? Yeah, are you professional? I'm a pro gamer. That nice. is a, that is a little bit of a factor. Okay. Nice. But also, like, I guess, man, I don't get in a lot of shootouts. I ignore a lot yeah. of people. I don't do anything outside of what the game requires me to do in that game. Okay, let's unpack this statement a little bit. Yeah. I would love the, <laughs> the Kyle method of experiencing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um so, when you say you only do what the game is requiring you to do, yes. are you just focusing on story missions, nothing else, you're not messing yeah. around? And even then, I like try to pick out the one dot on the map that's like, this is the mission that will move the story forward and these I don't have to deal with. And sometimes it's like, oh, the fishing one is the one that moves the story forward? Fine, I'll go fishing now. And so, you know, it's like sometimes you pick the wrong one. <laughs> uh, but generally, yeah, I'm just trying to pick the ones that are going to move this along. I'm I'm sensing a confusing amount of animosity here. It feels like a book. Okay. This game feels like a big fat novel that has too many things in it that don't matter. Dude, that everything don't matter. matters, yeah. man. No, that's not true. That's not true. Everything matters. What does no, it matter? What does it matter? It's about the journey, dude. It's not about the end result. It's not about <laughs> getting to the credits and getting your fat gold trophy. But it's, it's about the journey and okay. everything in between. Imagine if we had to watch <laughs> the hobbits eat both of their breakfasts and we had to just watch them eat the whole thing. Yeah. No. Let me live that. No. Let me like get invested in this world. You get that through dialogue and character actions. Dude, like, some of those like random fishing quests have some of the best dialogue. Well, some of the did. best. Like, it actually did yeah. turn out to be. Yeah, that, the fishing quest actually turned out to be one of my favorite stories. I'm a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I'm a little bit confused by this yeah. because just in the time that I've known you, yeah. you've always seemed to emphasize taking a knee, taking a knee, yeah. and yeah. so this is the knee I, I do yes. feel like this game. 
allows you to do that to a degree in which most other games do not. I know, man. It's what because you can go in first person. And I love it. Yeah. Do you remember the Bioshock Infinite trailer where it shows them going into the store? And like Elizabeth is like picking things up, like this little Abraham Lincoln puppet. I do. I remember that. And I was like, I no, no, times, no, no. Yeah. Games don't do that. Games don't do that. And you can totally walk around in first person, go through the shop, and there's like actual items that you can buy. And it's like everything is stocked in there. Looking through that catalog. Yeah. And you look at that. Yes. And so like it's weird. It's, it is, I guess what's weird about it is it's not this open world where the game says go nuts. Mm. It says, do these exact precise things that we want you to do. Uh, uh, you know, like even you're just on a mission and just like, okay, hogtie this person. It says on the bottom of the screen. Now take him to the horse. Press square to put him on your horse. Now take him exactly to this point. And so, you know, every single mission is like highly dictated. We want you to do these exact things. And so it's not like I have an option of really how I'm going to solve this problem. It's like I'm going to do it the exact same way these writers wanted me to do it. Um, the missions for sure. Yeah. And yeah. so I, like there are side activities but to me, they're so ancillary. I don't see the value of them. I believe that I could f- probably succeed in whatever the final confrontation is of this game mm-hmm. with the equipment I have right now. But it's not about like stats and equipment. It's- it is for me, you know? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Don't you want to get invested? Like, Kyle, you always say that you love story above everything in yes. games. Yeah. You love worlds. I know. It's so this confusing, is, This is like an incredibly written story. A world that I think it's begs an you overwritten t- story. Overwritten? Yes. Uh, what do you, What do you mean? Like, like uh, you don't need fifty characters. You don't. There's not fifty. You don't need fifty characters. <laughs> Look at those credits. <laughs> Look at those credits. <laughs> there. You can combine some characters together. I-, I love that the gang is big. I love that there are like non psychotic gun wielding people sure. in this gang yeah yeah uh, i love that jack is a child like you have you have w- women and children and like a reverend th- in this you know that are that are not like going out murdering and robbing and i think that like adds to the dynamic mm-hmm. i i don't know if this is exactly what you're saying kyle so correct me if this is a, a wrong framing of it but there are definitely times where i'm playing red redemption 2 and I get the sense that Rockstar, like, there, there. It's not that there's this air of importance, but that they are being weirdly particular in a game where so much can happen randomly, and there does sometimes seem to be a schism between, look, this is our vision and how I want to experience the world as a player. Um, but that being said, I agree with Huber's point of there being so much because the moments that have really stuck with me in Red Dead Redemption 2 are when I tried something or when I got involved in the character and there was so much more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Where you just kind of get lost in it and the game rewards you for getting lost. Yes, like, it so is, many times, It dude. is totally a game where you can go off in a direction and you don't know what's going to happen. And like, it's not just... It's not just always random chaos. It's like, I'm going to go off, and what little story am I going to get involved yeah, in? Yeah, dude. And I think, to me at least, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Because even The Witcher, like, the monster side activities, the monster hunts and stuff are some of the best things ever. But it's still, like, go to the checkpoint to, like, get the quest. Go, mm-hmm. like, to the message board and initiate this quest because somebody wants you to hunt a beast in a well or something. Whereas this is, like... 
you know, you're at camp and you overhear them saying something about like, oh, we're kind of running out of food or something. So like maybe I go out to the mountains, I start hunting. Next thing I know, I see like a wagon over there. I go approach the wagon and then now all of a sudden people are talking and it like pulls you into this whole other thing that you weren't expecting. I just love that. There's so many moments that happen organically that just are are some of the best moments in gaming I've ever experienced that hardcore because games like especially especially in 2018 when there's so many games to play there's so many shows to watch so many movies it's so hard for me to not think of things like a checklist and to think about the end of something and to just kind of enjoy it but get through it like what like how i'm playing yeah yeah, yes. yeah exactly exactly and and really this game helped me drown out the noise and drown out everything that's going on outside of what is exactly in front of me and i credit the game for doing that uh huber the not that these games are completely comparable but both with assassin's creed odyssey and with shadow of the tomb raider mm -hmm. i enjoyed both of those games i'm still currently enjoying assassin's creed odyssey mm -hmm. um and I need to get back to it, but I felt like I was doing a lot of the side stuff to make the numbers go up, mm -hmm. which can be enjoyable mm -hmm. and can be done well. Totally. And I felt like in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, time and time again, I would do a side quest and just, I would get to a point where I'm like, wow, this is really uninteresting, or the delivery is just a little bit off. And so I was just doing it to do it, not do it to see what would happen. And I yeah. feel like in Red Dead, Getting more stuff is never the driving force. For never. Me. It never. is. It's let I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see new places. I want to see new people. I want to hear more about Arthur. I want to hear more about this gang. Like the story just hooked me so hard. And of course, you know, you can theorize d depending on like Red Dead 1. You know, there's a lot of little things that kind of pop up throughout your Red Dead 2 journey where you're like, mm -hmm. hmm, yeah, maybe. Um, but, yeah, just the, like, I couldn't stop playing because I just kept wanting to know what was going to happen next, what was going to happen next. And I just wanted to get to, like, some sick robberies. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that That is also a driving force. But, I mean, that's kind of how I'm <laughs> playing right now, Huber, is I know this person's like, hey, help me on the side of the street. You're not that. You're not the next interesting character moment for Arthur Morgan, uh, who, in... For the most part of the game, I don't know how deep I am, just uh, starting chapter three, uh, hasn't made interesting character decisions so far. He's not said, I'm deciding to do this. And that's what makes me an interesting character, which is what makes characters it's interesting, is the decisions they make. It's a long book. Right. And so, you know... Uh, uh, like, you're, like, I love... That's another thing I love, dude. I love that you are... Because these are always my favorite characters in all mediums, dude. Okay. The right-hand man. I, I love that you are the right-hand man in totally, this game. Yeah. That you go on a mission with someone and they're telling you what to do because you're, they're like your boss or they're in charge of the mission. Like you'll go out with Bill or something and it's Bill's job. You're along for the ride. So you're kind of like going in that, you know, your, your, your support. I just love that. I love that you're not some all-powerful hero or leader. Like, well, I was gonna say, I feel like it's intention. It, it's integral to Arthur's character that he is. His whole fate is kind of dictated by him falling around mm -hmm. this guy that's not very good. Mm -hmm. Like, and that informs his worldview. And he, 
like the way that he responds to things, he knows he's going along for the ride in something that's probably not going to end up very well. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I agree. I too love it when characters are making awesome decisions, but I don't know if in the case of yeah. Arthur specifically, uh, I'm just ready to get to really the part good, where he does. I, have a really I know good, he will. I have a really good example. It's okay. really, really early in the game. I'm yeah. going to mention it. It's not a spoiler. I promise. Because you can choose makes me nervous. how you handle it. It's so early. I trust you on this. Okay. You're in a town. Someone sees you. Have you guys done that part? Someone like notices you like from oh, Blackwater. Yes, 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 yes. Very early in the game. Yeah. You chase him down. Yeah. You can let him go or you can kill him. Right. That's a tutorial about people can witness your crimes. That is. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do? Killed that man. Exactly. I, I Bye, let buddy. Him, That's, I, I let him go. Yeah. See, and, and, like just that tiny little moment, like little things like that, like make the, oh, it's so hard to explain. It's like, I'm not watching like a, a scripted character go through beat by beat by beat. Just that one little choice makes my Arthur way different than yours. No, yours, no. Yeah, I, I think so. No, I think even... Because then he shows up in the next cutscene. He's like, we're bad men. You know what I mean? Like, he's the same guy when it comes to, like, the next scene of dialogue. I don't know if I that's true, no. because I think what makes these little decisions be more effective and to speak to what Huber is saying yeah. is I think Arthur is written in such a way where you could see him doing both. And yeah. I think that is what's so important to this being a good character and why Huber felt something yeah. is because when he killed him, he'd be like, I can see Arthur doing that. The things Arthur is saying mm -hmm. is reinforcing that. And I feel like the hesitation Arthur expresses also speaks to him maybe wanting to do the right thing, but yeah. he's been doing it for so long. And so you really have this character that is walking this line in a way that I think is hard to present convincingly. Very. And I think they do it pretty think convincingly. Think about 17 million copies sold, right? Think about 17 million people playing this game as Arthur Morgan and... We're all different, dude. Humans uh, are all different. I we think most people are playing as good boys. I'm gonna say vast majorities are like, I'm a good boy. I'm not gonna let you die. Probably, but it's still awesome knowing that like there are so <laughs> many times throughout the game that you can make little changes. Do you that think that affects the actual character at the end? It though? affects my I mean, you've seen the it affects my interpretation of the character though. That's all that matters. You I know? see what you're saying. He's, he could still be saying the same things, mm -hmm. but my personal view of the character right. is different because of so many little choices along the way. And I think that's awesome. Not enough games do that. And the last time a game did that for me was The Witcher 3. So it's one of the best games ever made in my, in my view. That was actually a pivotal thing that upset me about The Walking Dead Season 2. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons I was so infuriated is because I felt like I would have a personal view of a character and the game would go so hard the other direction regardless of the decisions that I've made. Mm -hmm. And so... I love that you're saying I had a view of this character and the game didn't pull me away from that yeah uh kyle when you uh when you do something not good mm -hmm. in uh red Redemption 2 do you go i'm not a good boy like yes. what, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when somebody is begging me for help on the side of the street i'm like i'm a bad boy sorry <laughs> please help me please <laughs> no kyle, dude. sorry my friend i want you to get farther in well, it's like game. hey you can return that horse no i'm not you know any single time it's just like hey you can do the. you can go fishing with your friends no thanks I love how much this game lets me say no. I will say that. I feel like a Kyle. lot of ourselves are yep. coming out in yep. Red Dead Redemption 2. I yep. need... 
I know we're busy. I know there's so many things to play. Uh-huh. But I cannot have another Witcher 3 situation where you played for like five hours and you're over it. I need to have a real, real discussion about this game. Because I'm this trying is, to get to like a good point I, in the story, I need dude. you to finish. I haven't seen it yet. I need you to finish it, man. I know. I want to have this conversation so bad. This game doesn't want me to finish it. It wants me to herd <laughs> sheep, dude. This game doesn't want to be finished. To be, dude. That is actually the, the question I have for you yeah. here, here, is insane. Like, every mission felt different. Yeah, okay, we're, like, taking pot shots at uh, little whack-a-moles coming up in a lot of missions. You yeah, know? When, whenever they get to that, I'm actually bummed out. Yeah, yeah. Here, but, like, so many missions and so much variety. I, I feel like Grand Theft Auto V is the example that immediately springs to mind, but honestly, I think I can go back and do any... Rockstar game that I've put a significant amount of time to and falling into these peaks and valleys of missions where Mm -hmm. it's like okay yes there's a lot of variety but clearly doing some things is way more fun and well supported than Mm -hmm. others was that a problem for you in Red Dead Redemption 2? Dude I thought every main mission which are the yellow ones Mm -hmm. I thought every main mission was amazing I never did a yellow mission but not just the story what you were actually doing within the game even when it was something mundane like that, it was still awesome. Like, because it was different, because it was unique. I love that you're not always shooting people in this game. Like, those are some some of my favorite missions are just like, deliver this package or something, or, you know, escort this person here, or, you know, we're moving, we're moving out. Let's, let's, you know, change locations. I love those things because that's when characters are having deep conversations, you know? And... I think those missions would be way worse if the writing wasn't as strong. I know you, we can debate the merits of the writing, but... Overwritten. <laughs> um, you know that is... It's saying, the game is saying a lot of things. <laughs> uh, with, um... Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, uh, with, um, with the shootouts, I wish it was, like, just two or three guys at a time. It kills me that I've killed, like, thousands of O'Driscolls at this point. I agree. Like, mm-hmm. we're warring with the O'Driscolls. There's, like, 20 of us and a mm-hmm. thousand O'Driscolls. I agree. You just kill so many people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very fair point. 100% agree. It makes no sense. One million percent I agree with and you. And it could still... It could be tense with two or three guys. Yeah. I agree. The, 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 just make those two or three guys, like, super smart. Yeah. Super hard to kill. Yep. Like, you know, dodging behind cover... I, yeah. I still have a lot left of the game to see, Huber, but I yeah. am getting to a point where, like, I feel like I'm doing the shooting. I'm not looking forward to the shooting. Oh, yeah, I've always loved the shooting. Just because shotgun, dude, you can, like, blow their heads off. The, there, there are good <laughs> moments, but I feel like, I don't know, it, there's just kind of the sameness that I think that's permeating a lot of the fights. But don't you just love shooting Double six shooters. I, I isn't would. That, isn't just the idea of like each time he cocks it, shoots, cocks it, shoots. Isn't just that satisfying? It's not when there's like two more horses coming right behind that guy. <laughs> it is totally whack a mole, dude. It's it totally like I'm just doing this until they don't spawn more guys. You mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that that O'Driscoll did not have sure. a home. There's no home for him in this world. True. I could and and to be fair, if it is like a shootout in a in a swamp rundown gang hideout, like mm-hmm. okay, move on. Yeah. But if we're if we're pulling a job, I can shoot him forever. <laughs> <laughs> Hubert. <laughs> is Radio Redemption 2 the best game that's come out this year? No. Ooh. You're a Tetris is fan it, too? Is it <laughs> 
Is it the second best game that's come out this year? Yes. It is. Are we ready to move on? No, because I do want to say there's some story stuff happening in Chapter 3 that I'm way into. Dude, don't spoil it. I know, there's no spoilers. I know. I, that, I, you're but like, I don't want to I don't want to pretend I don't like all the missions. You're going to finish? Yeah. I'll try. I'll do, I'll do what I can, man. Okay. I don't... Kyle, you, yeah. to me, you're not coming across as somebody who's like looking to hate the game you yeah. just have some very real complaints uh by chapter three we get some actual like fun scenarios to be crooks in i want to i want to be a crook but i want it to be fun to be a crook and in and in, in ch- by chapter three it's finally fun to be a crook that's because you're a bad boy kyle yeah my <laughs> next episode of huber syndrome is yeah. full spoilers it's gonna be four of my favorite missions whoa from red dead 2 nice stay tuned that's all I gotta say. Hope you captured those. It's a good dude. plug. You can replay any mission at any oh, time. Yeah. Thank you, Rockstar. <laughs> By the way, that's I, trash. Just like you got a silver again. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Here's why. You didn't get ten headshots. Have you done the the companion app thing? No. It's actually been really nice. So you there's a companion app for Red Redemption too. Put that on the iPad. Just have your map there, and I can just set waypoints on the map, and I have it right there. I don't have to pull it up just that's sick. crazy yeah it's nice it's just sick. it's just nice it's just must be and nice. the game runs like a dream you know it has run pretty well i had one weird bug where like my horse was floating amazing. but like <laughs> but we need you to know. have a best fog category i nominate red dead redemption 2 good yeah. fog good fog Gosh. good sand getting blown around good mm-hmm. snow mm-hmm. great snow yeah are we now ready to move on yeah, yes. we're ready yep we're ready all right so i'm i'm bringing a game that really it's just the most heartwarming thing. Ooh. It, it's like, oh, I, I knew this was going to be fun. I didn't know I was going to fall in love with it. And that is uh, Battle Chef Brigade. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a like, commercial for this. I, I was like on the trigger of buying this game. Kyle, that's exactly where I was. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, this looks cute. Mm-hmm. And then I bought it, and I'm like, I'll get around to that eventually. Mm-hmm. Wish I would have gotten around to it a lot sooner. Um, from... Premise to execution, I think this is amazing. So you are a, a young chef, Mina. Uh, it's basically, f- there's a lot, you can compare it to Food Wars if you're into that. I am into that. And Mina is just so incredibly charming. She's both like humble, but she's got some spunk. She's got uh, some competitiveness in her. I don't know who voices her, but whoever does brings her to life so beautifully. Like Shout it's, out. It's yeah. fun just watching her strive for goals like very quickly. Like this game just moves very quickly. You buy into her hopes and dreams and you want her to succeed. And so you go to this school and it really kind of takes you through this daily life as a student but you're in this magical world where you're trying to become this awesome chef and uh the way that that plays out is you'll wake up and you'll do some jobs so you'll help out this old man and by and what you'll do is you'll figure out these matching puzzles so you know how you were talking about like the tetris combo learning the game Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that where he's like hey here's this new thing why don't you experiment with it and you'll have to it's a match three game but it's a match three game influenced by rpg stuff where it's like hey if you bring this pot in you won't have to match three you'll have to match you can match two of this color but it won't match anything else and so you'll have to pick up the food and put it in another pot and then you have sauces where it's like hey you have you need more gems of this color throw this sauce in and it will change the colors um you put this on you'll be able to do double jumps when you hunt so that's it's like 2d platforming right yeah so that's a big part of this game when you do a battle with somebody with another chef you don't have any ingredients you have to go out and you have to hunt 
and you, you're on a timer. And oh. so you have to go and you have to kill these things. Uh, and then the, depending on what you kill, it'll be like, okay, this thing has a lot of blue. And so I need to focus on that. Maybe I need a lot of green, so I shouldn't kill this thing. I should go I should kill that thing. And you have to balance your time. So it's like, okay, how long do I want to spend hunting? Do I want to spend a full minute? Do I want to spend 30 seconds? Do I want to make multiple trips? I can only carry so much. That is influenced by the equipment that I have. And then so then you come in and you have these judges, and these judges like certain things. And so you have to pay attention to that as well. And there's an animal that you have to incorporate in the meal. Otherwise, you get subtracted points. And there's just so much going on, but I feel like it teaches you incredibly fast and these jobs that you do, which are exciting to do because this is your source of money where you get new stuff and it's fun getting new stuff just to experiment with it. But these jobs are teaching you the game and then you're going through these competitions and you're learning more about these characters. Like they'll reveal stuff about themselves as you talk to them. And it's just, it is this whole world but it's also this super unique, I've never played anything like it, puzzle RPG. And it's amazing. And it's really, really good. Sick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is... <sighs> I feel like when I encounter puzzle games that aren't quite like what I'm familiar with, because you, when you play match three, I feel like everybody has this match three that they associate with their childhood or something or something they're just familiar with. When there's not something that immediately falls into that, it can be a little bit rough, and maybe I'm just bad at puzzle games anyway. But the controls of Battleship Brigade took a while to get used to, and that's not necessarily a commentary on Battleship Brigade. It's, like, on me, but there have been multiple times where it's like, I'm just trying to figure out how to move these things around the grid, and, oh, God, I have 10 seconds left. I need to play. And so... Like, it is definitely a game I'm loving. I love the world. I love the characters. I love the gameplay itself. But just that anxiety of, like, trying to get things under the timer and then presenting them and then getting scored. Like, after I do a battle, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a break. And so it's not something that, like, I'm marathoning just because of, of that what little bit What happens between, uh, between meals? Is there, like, story stuff? Yeah, so the, the story stuff is, and that's where you do the jobs. And so you wake up. The way that I've been doing is you wake up, you do the jobs, and this is also where you can talk to people. So there are a bunch of people in town that you can and talk to. And is this to. also like the 2D perspective when you do this stuff? Yeah. So this is the 2D perspective um, where you're just running around, and you have extra moves when you're hunting. So like you can use your magic, you can use daggers that you throw, you can double jump when you're hunting. Sick. Um, and yeah, the, basically the way that it works is you wake up, you do jobs, you challenge somebody to a battle. You battle them, and then there might be like a cutscene that progresses the main story. Then you go to bed, you wake up, and you do it again. Cool, and cool. so, yeah, reinforcing again that sort of daily student life, but also uh, finding spots to have like, hey, no, we're gonna sit down, and this thing is gonna happen to this character. And yeah, uh, there are definitely some twists and turns. It doesn't like there is there is drama as you would want, but yeah, I really encourage people like. Even if you're not super into puzzle games, I think the fusion of the puzzle element and the RPG stuff is really great. And just if you love really well-crafted worlds, uh, this is great. And another thing is, like, looking it up on how long to beat, I think they said it's, like, nine hours. So it's not this huge 30-hour-long commitment, mm -hmm. and that is A-OK. -okay yeah, nice. Me. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know really how to bounce that off of you guys, but it's something that... 
uh, I, I encourage. Yeah, I it's like bring it's like sad Ben. There's like no way in 2018. We got two months left. Yeah. To t- I think about it this way: like I have two months left of 2018. So much to play. Arthur Morgan needs. I can't you, fit Kyle. anything else in. Yeah, he needs you to drive him. <laughs> and then like once Smash comes out. <laughs> Arthur Morgan is dead. Kyle, you better and beat my, him my head then, candy dude. will be like Arthur Morgan died, and then I'll just like play Smash Bros. <laughs> you better you know? beat him more than <laughs> Kyle. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. it made me realize that like, yeah, I'm playing Battleship Brigade, and there's all these games that I know we're going to be talking about at the end of the year that I need to play through, mm-hmm. and that makes me feel really anxious. Yeah, and so I, I think what I do to combat that is like. Pretty often I go, okay, this is just for me. Like, yeah, this just interests you, yeah. me. I don't have to, like, a lot of times I do end up bringing it to a frame trap or thinking about a video for it or something, but that's just because I love it so much. But the the impetus for checking it out is this is a way from Easy Allies. Like, yeah. I just want to love a game and not worry about all that other stuff. I get that. Which, I guess, on on one hand, is, like, maybe a little bit irresponsible, but... It's important. That's kind of how I approach Red Dead too. Yeah, <laughs> just like for a, me. Yeah, just for I was me. like, I don't yeah. care about anyone or anything, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in this. Did you change your outfit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. But uh, mostly when I after I've committed a crime. Nice. Like, okay, time to mix it up. Hell yeah. Got to shave off my mutton chops. <laughs> Hubert, talk to me about Hitman Two. Speaking of changing your outfit, yeah, my segue, great yeah. segue. Hitman Two is so intense, hardcore. But what's nice is there are adjustable, fine-tuning difficulties for Hitman Two. Okay, so let's dive right in. <coughs> let's do it. Okay, there are six stages. Hesitant to say stick six. It's really more like five and a half. One of them is pretty tiny. Which one? The intro. Oh, small little tutorial level. Wait, is that Miami with the race cars? That's second level. Oh, There's one okay. before that. Gotcha. kind of like introduces you to the, the systems. Okay. Um, so, where do we begin? Yeah, let's. I want to start talking about the difficulties first up. Because this is a difficult, challenging video game. This is... It, it drops you into the, the level. You have to kill your targets. Go. So, there's three difficulty levels. There's casual, professional, and master. But in addition to those difficulties, there's also guidance that you can that you can tool around with Mm -hmm. full guidance minimal guidance or just off if you do the hardest difficulty that's automatically set to off so you can kind of like mix and match uh difficulties and guidance you know what i mean yeah um what it's the guidance is for mission stories so in each stage there's a handful of mission stories that you organically discover like, you'll be coming up and it'll say, like, mission story yeah. revealing or whatever. And yeah. then they'll be talking and that'll trigger a mission. And that kind of, like, frames up an assassination and it's kind of tying it to the plot of the yeah. level. Yeah, I like that. Because you talked about, like, Tomb Raider before. Yeah. Uh, where it's just like, yeah, I'm okay with letting letting the enemies be hard. But mm-hmm. I want to do all the exploring. Exactly. And I, I like that kind of, like, you can do your own things. You can yeah. have hard enemies, but... Like turn off the exploit, turn off the hints. I don't want those. Yeah. I like that. I like that kind of thing. Like it, it's. It, I think it's pretty much there for your first go at a level two yeah. because these levels are so complex and intricate. Mm-hmm. They're sprawling. They're like many times throughout my playthrough, especially at the later levels, because I turned guidance off when I got a little further on and more comfortable with the game. Nice. I would wander around for 30, 40 minutes and just be like frozen from like 
where do I go? What do I do? Who do I dress up as? Like, you can make this, like, if you play on Master, this is hardcore. Also, Master difficulty, one save. No saves coming. No! Yeah, so just... <laughs> I really appreciate a strong rejection. The, no. full, the full range of difficulty options yeah. is top notch and deserves praise. So you're making it sound like even more intense than Hitman season one, which yeah. I found pretty intense yeah. in a great way. Yeah. Is is that increased intensity just you have more options which is kind of hard to wrap your head around or is it just that the levels are more sprawling which is also kind of hard to wrap your head around. Both things season one did well. Yeah, it's a combination of, of, of that, Ben. It's having so many more things to do like kind of paralyzes me, right? It's not a simple like, all right, I'm just gonna like follow him into the bathroom and snap his neck. It's like, yeah. no, there's so many things to play with because like even Miami, you know, they've shown so many assassinations. It's like some of these assassinations are like step by step by step by step by step leading to this one exact moment when yeah. you have all of these items like you know, setting yeah. the, that up is a long process. Is it's, it is it just the killing of them that is hard? Because some of the best missions for me mm-hmm. in season one was actually figuring out how to yeah. get them to a point where I could kill them yes, is the most interesting part. Yeah, it's it's lining up, you know, lining getting all your ducks in a row, you know, yeah. like finding the sugar to put in so-and-so, which in turn, like, makes that explode to lure this person. Like, there's, you know, just the chaining of events can be uh, can be pretty overwhelming. Has anything made you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Can you say or no? Uh, it's, like, later on, so okay. I don't want to, yeah. But, I mean, the flamingo uh, suit was pretty funny. They've shown that. That's in, like, Miami. That's in one of the first yeah. levels. Yeah, and that guy's involved with some sketchy deal or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can, like, disguise yourself as the flamingo. Right. But then do you get involved in his deal, mm-hmm. too? Because mm-hmm. he is supposed to meet one of the targets. Yeah. And she had never met him before. So then you, as the flamingo, have to then go meet her. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's cool. You do the dirty deed as a flamingo? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's one of the challenges. Like, each level has a bunch of challenges. And what's cool is, so there's the mission stories, right? But... Okay, the biggest thing, like, what kind of turned me off of Hitman Season 1 was replaying the missions. You know? Hmm. I was kind of adverse adverse to that at first. I was like, you know, I've loved Hitman a long time. I just want to, like, I want to go through the the game. I want to go through the story. Like, I'm here, you know, story. I love story. I'm here for the story. I want to just go through... You know, the, the idea of, like, replaying a mission and killing a guy again, even though I already just did it, was, like, kind of weird. So, like, season one, I beat it all, but I didn't replay the missions that much. Mm-hmm. I did replay, like, Paris and Hokkaido. You love Hokkaido, Ben? I do. I replayed some of them, but Hitman 2, for multiple reasons, is really encouraging me to go back and fool around and i think that's because one the missions are just the the stages themselves are just more interesting mm-hmm. miami is awesome there are some of the i god i just want to talk about the last couple stages they're so amazing uh but we're not going to go there um yeah and i think it's just because the stages are so interesting and there's so many ways to beat a stage whereas in hitman one yeah there were a lot of options but it's 
still felt like if you went through it once or twice, you did the coolest things. This has like a bunch of ways to take out each person and it all feels good. It all feels awesome and you want to discover those because it'll give you kind of hints as to where like, like if you go in the menu and you look at challenges, it'll be like, yo, kill someone like this, kill someone like this. So like it lists, like some of the levels have like 40 challenges. That's too much. Too much, right? And it, and the, in, even in the review guide, it was like, yo, there's way more than that too. Like this is just kind of a guidance of like, yo, you can kill people this way, this way, this way. But like, you can discover so many ways that are not I, even listed. I don't know if I can agree with that too much, though, because I think Hitman has th- this really impossible job of of trying to appeal so to so many different types of Hitman players. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's people out there who just want to find every single way and be as creative as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it just being there, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a problem. What do you mean? Just, the, the- just a number of of stuff. What do you get for doing the challenges? Uh, so you get XP, and then that raises your mastery level with each stage. And then if your mastery level goes up, you can bring in new weapons, new oh, costumes. Oh, kind of like the sniper rifle in that last one. Yeah, you can, like, st- it's, it'll, it's cool, too. It's, like, you know, mastery level 10 out of 20, and then 10 will be, like, Agent 47 has infiltrated the bar as a server. Start there as a waiter. That's fun. Which is cool. Yeah, I like, like that. context. That's, that's cool. Stuff. That's really cool. Uh, really, yeah. I want to talk to you about the story, mm-hmm. uh, because the Hitman Season 1 story was a little bit frustrating going through it. Yeah. Uh, it just felt like it was giving you the tiniest crumbs that were sometimes like slightly confusing, and then you piece it all together, mm-hmm. and it's a giant cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, is it very similar storytelling in two? Uh, do, does it feel satisfying? Is it cryptic? What, what's going on? The story mostly was a letdown. Ooh. But... Thankfully, there's an increased focus on 47 as a character Mm. and Diana, who's been there since the beginning. OG, Diana Burnwood. So we get more focus on them, and that's when the story starts to shine and and be more interesting. It's when it's focusing on, like, shadow organizations and different people, because the targets themselves are not very interesting. You go to Columbia, and you kill a Colombian drug lord. Cool. Haven't done that a million times. Like, some... I was going to ask you about that one. You said the levels are really interesting. I yeah. saw that trailer and I'm like, eh. Worst, dude. Columbia, like, I never want to play it again. It's boring level, boring targets. It's mission three. Like, mm-hmm. throw away. Okay. You know, thankfully, the other mission's way stronger. Nice. But, like, yeah. You're in the Colombian jungle and you're taking out a drug lord. Like, yeah. You know? Like, because, like, everyone around has a gun. You know what I mean? A lot of people, yeah. It's not like this cool, like, I'm in public. I'm mm-hmm. doing this thing undercover in public, which yeah. I think is way more interesting. Definitely. Than, like, oh, I'm just killing a guy who already has a gun. <laughs> Dude, some of the levels are so good. <laughs> I feel like that's been, like, even Blood Money, which I love. Like, yeah. there are some levels I don't like in Blood Money. Totally. Right? And there are others that are incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, taking the good with the bad. Yeah. So, I'm really enjoying it. I think the AI is strong. Here's one of the big things I want to address is it was especially coming from Red Dead, right? Tough act to follow. Very mm-hmm. immersive game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really jarring in Hitman 2 when I'm going through these stages and you're following a target and they keep going through their routine. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They go through their routine routine until you like trigger the next step 
kind of. So they'll keep doing their routine unless you like say 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 you need to poison someone or something like. Okay. They'll go through their routine until you disguise yourself as the waiter. Then their next like phase of movement will will move on. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That was also so that was a little jarring. It's kind of this like endless rhythm of them. And there's no real there's no real logical trigger for them to move on to the next thing. Yeah. It's just like a gameplay trigger. Yeah, like a dude is on a phone at one point at the bar yeah. and you need to get his disguise and he's kind of like at the bar and then he keeps like you know leaving the bar, turning his back to his drink and calling on the phone. Mm-hmm. He does that until you like poison his drink. Mm-hmm. You right. Because you need his costume. So you like found the blue key card basically. It's yeah. just that like, kind of like Gameplay, so, yeah. Exactly. So, like, that bothered me at first, mm-hmm. but then, it like, once you really understand the systems, it com- becomes... Ju- it, it, it all just kind of makes sense within the video game aspect of it. You know, you kind of have to, to realize that, yeah, this is a game. Like, yeah. I can take advantage and exploit these characters, and that's fun, you know? Like, throwing a coin... And having a guard come and snapping his neck and then throwing another... Co- and like, like, yeah. Or like, oh, yeah. The be- coins. The coins yep. are being yep. in a bathroom and, like, turning the faucet on. Someone comes in. Yeah. Choke out. So another person comes in. Choke... Like, so exploiting that. He, yeah. right, and then like, the last... The, really quick, the yeah. last thing that was jarring, too, but I realized from a Game Boy standpoint, I killed a guy with, uh, like, an accident. Like, a thing exploded and killed him. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, an accidental kill. They, they didn't know it was me, Can't right? pin it on you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm standing there, and it's in the middle of everyone, and you, you take him out, and it's an accidental kill, and, like, a couple people respond, but not really. And they kind of go about their business. Like a plane falls, falls from the sky, and everybody's like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So it was super yeah. jarring at first, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. But then I just realized, like... That's kind of your reward for the accidental kill, you know. So like nobody's the, going crazy. No one's going crazy. It's, it's, if you kill some, if if I pull out my gun right there and shot, yeah, the entire level goes red. Guards coming in, everyone's running like chaos. Right. But it was those weird accidental kills where everyone's like, huh. You know but what? Then that's, so it's yeah. trying to incentivize. You know that what yeah. saves that for me yeah. in Hitman? Hmm. Uh, a lot of times when you're going around and listening to conversations, which are usually really well done and very involved, mm-hmm. they're talking about how much of a dick the person you're trying to kill is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they just hate him or her so much that when the accidental kill happens and they just kind of go about their business, that's where that yeah. those conversations come in. I'm like, okay, like, they're kind of happy about yeah. it. Um, but talking about the things bothering you, I do feel like that's so true with Hitman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's another game where... For me, Hitman, there, there's, it's not even really like a process. It's not like a gradual climb up. It's mm-hmm. like, this is frustrating until I love it completely. Yeah. Like, it's just a switch that goes on. Totally. Um, and I had that feeling. Along those lines, you started this conversation by like talking about how intense it is <sighs> and how overwhelming it is. Uh, do you think people could jump into this as the first hitman. Like, do you think that yeah. guidance stuff is good enough that... Casual, full guidance, you're chilling. Have fun. Yeah, you're okay. chilling out. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the disguised, like, the whole disguise system, I feel like, is better. Like, people recognize you, you know, if you're, uh, you know, I've, I've disguised myself as a guard so many times, and it's like, well, a lot of these people will see through that disguise, yeah. you know? The way they place guards around the targets or remove some conveniences like 
places to dispose of bodies. Like, the further you get in the game, like, hostile territory, there's no places to stash the bodies. So you really have to adapt your strategies as you get later on, which I really loved. Have you thrown um, an axe at somebody? Dude. Is that a yes? There are numerous types of axes. <laughs> Not a clean game. kill. Not a clean kill, though. Multiple. Not a clean one. I know. Ed, it's like... I use the axe, of course, but it's like, in this instance, as my man 47, the garrot wire, weapon yeah, of yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. It's just the culmination. It just is. It's called garrot wire? Garrot. Garrot. Yeah. Okay. Fiber wire. Another name for it. Is it garrot or garrot? I think it's garrot. I've heard both. Maybe I've heard either... both, too. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't Geralt. know. Geralt. Geralt. Jerry. Yeah. And especially the, the briefcase is back, finally. Briefcase has been gone for a while. You can smuggle items in it. Oh, cool. Smuggle heavy weapons, sniper rifle. Yep. Really jolly. That's (laughs) what sold me. I thought thought the briefcase was in season one, but I guess I was thinking of just like what your weapons were delivered in. Yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like they purposefully withheld it. I don't know. Kind of like, no. It's just such a staple, you know? I mean, I think of Hitman, Codename 47, the original game, the entire selling point to me on the back of the box, the very first mission is opening up a briefcase and putting together a sniper rifle overlooking like a triad meeting. But But that game was called Hitman and it was episodic. I don't think they were planning to do a Hitman 2 two years later Mm -hmm. when they they originally decided not to do a briefcase in in that game. You know? Yeah, maybe. Huber, I'm worried because Hitman Season 1 is so good, and I have not played a single second of Hitman 2 yet, but based on your impressions, it sounds like a worthy follow-up. A lot of goodness. It is. Sometimes it does feel like, like you said, Season 1 there. This is Hitman 2, but sometimes it feels like Hitman 1 Season season 2. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of expected that. I kind of expected that. Uh, But I just... I don't want to see the series get buried. Like I'm worried that it's coming out too. at the absolute worst time. I know that people are not either a not aware of it or prioritizing other stuff, which is understandable. Yeah. But I just I don't know. I'm scared because I love stealth, and we just don't have enough. Yeah. Like, is sticks really gonna be our our stealth mascot uh, mm-hmm. as we go into the future? He has been. Like, Everybody adores sticks. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like 47 is is the the one. He's the stealth master. Yeah. Sorry, thief. <laughs> would you take 47 over Sam Fisher and Solid Snake Snake's the best but then oh I'd take 47 over Fisher for Fisher? sure okay. I have more like or my origins as a, as a video game player you know my mm-hmm. brother in EB Games saw the box and was like dude you could put a sniper rifle together honestly you I know, think we had that bond of getting it together I think Snake's a little emotional I think he lets his emotions get in the way I'd almost put 47 above Snake in terms of it's stealth, stealth efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dude, there's some disturbing kills in this game. Look yeah. forward to the Easy Allies list. Top 10 stealth people. <laughs> Top 10 stealthers. Sly Cooper is going to be up there. Yeah. <laughs> that guy will kill. Huge. Sly Cooper will kill. <laughs> Killing blow. Bum, 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 bum. The sound he makes when he sneaks gives him a, a bonus. Yeah, it does. Huber, you did say the the word. But it was... I, 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 there's a little bit of a twist here. It is not... A forbidden word, oh. it is, you said the name of a creature that they're actually very affectionate toward. For some reason, the demons have a high affinity toward flamingos. Oh. And you hit that today. Oh. Got it. 
Uh, and we never talk about flamingos, so no. how would we have known? No, they yeah. actually like us more now. They yeah. promise to be less hostile because, oh, okay. you know, we're representing flamingos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really quick, I yeah. think the episodic thing, going back to that, I mm-hmm. think because when Hitman wa- Season 1 launched, Ben, I just wanted to continue it on. Yeah, yeah, Because it was like, here's episode one, yeah. play it and a so bunch. And so now that you have everything, Now that I have everything, to... you go through it all, and it's like, yeah. okay, now I'm eager to go back and kind of fool around. I, I 100% get yeah. that. Yeah. It just seems seems like a better way to do it. I remember falling off of Hitman when only episode one was available mm-hmm. because I didn't really love Paris, and it's still not my favorite mm. mission. I've, I've come to appreciate it maybe, like, a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but there are other missions in Season 1 that I like yeah. way more than Paris, so. Dude, Season 2. Season 2? I'm, like, dying to talk about two well, of the two. last two. Specifically and two. We will, and it's the last two. It's a problem. God. We will talk about you it. You can't yeah. do it. <laughs> uh, for this kind of frame trap, <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of playing a game, there's actually oh. two things I wanted to talk about for the Hotake. So one of them is going to be right now. Um, but before we get into that, it's time to talk about one of the sponsors. First sponsor, as always, is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Thank you, Greg. Next, we've got Dale Sun. Thank you, Dale Sun. After Dale Sun, we've got Zotig. Stay cool, Zotig. Thank you. Next, we've got JoJo's Denko. Very fun to say. Also fun to say, oh yes, cool, great. Thank you to both JoJo's Denko and oh yes, cool, great. And next, we have Blue. Thank you, Blue. Uh, Alex AI, SRPG enthusiast, another sponsor, wants to get a hype check from us. Okay. Can I get a hype check for Fire Emblem Three Houses? I, myself, am cautiously optimistic. Yeah, why am I cautiously optimistic? Mine's at like a six, which is crazy because I love Fire Emblem games. Why is it at a six, Kyle? I don't like what they've shown too much so far. It's become like a larger war game. It's like more Mm -hmm. about, less about your ragtag crew accomplishing great things and more of like two armies facing each other and so it's a little more like advanced wars where like you select this unit and it turns out that unit actually represents like 50 people i don't know see that's actually why i'm excited because something new yeah i feel like uh intelligence systems has done a great job of not falling into the exact same thing with fire emblem even if it's super popular like fates was way bigger and crazier than Awakening. And then they go and remake Echoes, which is a very weird game. And then you go and you look at the console games and they're way different than what was coming out on the GBA. And so I I admire that. I admire that they're willing to mix up the formula so much. I'm at a nine, personally. Oh, whoa. Uh, Yeah. Mine is a line, because I don't even know what it is. Okay. Okay. N-A. N-A. But (laughs) it's on console now, so you're... I'm in. You're in. Yeah, if you guys give me the word. All right. I'm still trying to go back to Valkyrie Chronicles. Yeah. Are you really trying to yeah, go back to that? Yeah, installed Dude, on my PS4, still need to go ready to four. go. Wait, the first one or first four? one? Oh, okay. All right. Hmm? I'm like, I, I should have Valkyrie Chronicles 4 beaten. Oh, <laughs> Everything I've dude. played of it, I've same loved, dude. and it's just not. Yep. Yeah. I have nothing to say other than it's just not. Yeah. All right. So many games. Not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start changing that. Too many games? 
So, so many, many games. games. So many. There's games. no such thing as too many games. Exactly. Okay. So many games. So many games. Next like sponsor that. is a game. <laughs> oh, Picture Pathway. It's a colorful game of visual perception that challenges players to connect cards with similar abilities. To learn more about the game, visit www.picturepathway.com and follow at conspicuous conspicuous max at conspicuous max to get updated when picture pathway kickstarter goes live sounds cool to me yeah we actually will have an image of the game pop up now yeah (laughs) do you know what time it is yeah it's time to get out of the frame trap no it's time for our mega sponsor jigarbob productions Mm. he wants to tell us about an experience with the game please I did not expect the ride that was Detroit Become Human. Mm. I felt genuine care for the characters, but forced myself to play all the way through without changing any decisions the first time, which was a great choice. The amount of diversity and the different directions you can take is very impressive, and the ending, depending on which what you get, can leave you with sobbing, sobbing with sadness or with pride. Talking with my wife about it the next day, I recalled a specific sad situation, and I started tearing up all over again. Great game. Wow. Forgot about that game, and I love it. That's one of my favorite games this year. <laughs> on the Easy Allies podcast, Jigar Bob just trolls it, but on this podcast, it's like yeah. a really sincere, yeah. like, okay, yeah. all right. I see you, Jigar Bob. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you have me weeping with pride. Uh, for the bonus of talking today, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy XV. Okay. Yes. Uh, and just to, before we get into the discussion, I want to give you a little bit of context. Mm-hmm. So this is from an article from The Verge. Okay. Uh, Square Enix had planned to continue the never-ending flow of Final Fantasy XV content all the way through 2019 with four DLC episodes centered on the characters Arden, Aranea, Lunafreya, and Noctis. Instead, only the Arden episode will be released. The other three have been abandoned. There will be a collaboration event with Final Fantasy XIV next month, and the Comrades multiplayer mode will also be spun out into a standalone game for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh... Tabata, the director of Final Fantasy XV, also has completely left Square Enix. Uh, and he says, In regards to my next endeavors in near future, I have a project that I truly wish to solidify as my next challenge after Final Fantasy XV. For that reason, I've decided to leave my current vision and start my own business in order to achieve that goal. As production of Episode Arden continues and Luminous Production works on new projects, I felt that it was time for me to hand over the torch to the next generation group of talented and trustworthy colleagues, and I believe that they will create something truly amazing. So, Final Fantasy XV, getting the axe in a lot of ways. Uh, How do you feel about this news? How do you feel about Tabata leaving? And what do you envision the future for Final Fantasy will be? I don't think we're seeing 16 soon. Why? I think, uh, uh, so I'm sorry, what's the name? Is it Luminous Team? Sorry, what are they called? Luminous Productions. Luminous Productions. So they were designed, right, to create a whole new IP using the Luminous Engine, which is the Final Fantasy 15 engine, so we don't have to write that off as a loss. Uh, I now think they're working on Final Fantasy 16. Uh, they said like they're working on a triple A title. Uh, I think they took away new, brand new IP. So I wonder if they were just working on the new game. Uh, 
and maybe that is why Tabata wanted to leave or was fired. Uh, but you know, it's weird. He's like, hey. I want to make a brand new thing, so I'm leaving. Mm. It's like, hey, man, like two months ago, you said you wanted to make a brand new thing with this new studio that yeah, you're starting. Right. And so it's a weird it's a weird message to come across. And so I wonder if he didn't like the new project or Square Enix didn't want him for that project. End of an era. To it's me, weird. It, he succeeded. 15 to, is a success. To me, it seems like a corporation making a sharp decision, being like, listen, this is the new mandate. And yeah. things, a lot of things fall into the wayside because of that. I just don't know what that mandate is going to be. Yeah. I predict, though, that the next Final Fantasy will be very different. Like, I'm not even certain it's going to be your typical sprawling single player adventure. Probably won't even have a cactar. <laughs> no chocobo, <laughs> no sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Ben, though. I think it's going to be super weird and strange. Yeah. Uh,. Yeah, it's it's a huge bummer. I'm not too bummed about, you know, story DLC getting canceled, you know what I mean? Um Yeah, I never even did the Prompto Noctis. Okay, I I'm, I'm with you, but these characters specifically are the ones I am most interested in. Yeah. I didn't do it either. I didn't do the 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 Ignis all the companion DLC. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the multiplayer mode, but these characters are the characters I want to know the most about. Yeah. Um, and it's great that we're getting Arden. I feel like he really needs to be expanded upon. Yeah. And so it's nice that we're at least getting that. But yeah. Huber, how do you feel? Uh, pretty shocked. Pretty shocked. But at the same time, it makes sense because we're all very big Final Fantasy fans and mm. none of us played this. Any of that DLC, nobody played it. I actually played the Prompto one. Okay, but Prompto. keep going. But like, you know we didn't play it but i don't think brad played any of those like no one really dove back into 15 so they're probably just looking at the sales numbers and how much it costs and gave it the the x is when they said hey we're doing four more they're like hey because things are going really well we have a lot of 15 momentum we're Mm -hmm. doing four more yeah again it's so weird this messaging that's apparently untrue or just completely different from what they want today yeah that was so weird. Huber, uh, I, I'm pretty bad at playing DLC as it is, mm-hmm. but I think part of the problem for me with Final Fantasy XV, a game that I still think of very fondly, is despite feeling very fondly about it, the years-long journey of Final Fantasy XV has been a mess. Mm-hmm. It has just been drug out over such a long yeah. period of time that, like, yeah, I do want to know a lot more about these characters, but on the other hand, like I'm way ready to close the chapter yeah. on 15. Yeah, yeah <laughs> close the book, as, whatever. As yeah. soon as I beat it, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. The comrades yeah. had me excited, and and the fact that that's spinning off now into its own thing kind of piques my nobody's playing my that. Interest. You know that will you know that's dead in the year. Do we gotta stream that? It's dead in the year. We needed to stream it when it came out originally. We yeah, never it's been out, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's been been out. Out. I think you nailed it, though, man. It's just been going on. <laughs> far too long and it, it's time for the next you know mm-hmm. it's just not exciting anymore yeah like arden when king's glaive came out and when i was going through 15 or i was so interested in that character right and it's just been so much time. it's just been so long and i just i just don't care yeah. i saw the movie years ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like i think it's worth explaining that character he huge spoilers for final fantasy 15 if you are sensitive to that get out uh get out Arden's a cool character. He was like this medieval 
wizard who was willing to accept the 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 like the souls of the demons into his own body. Yeah, he's like, this is the way that we kill the demons. I'm gonna suck them in. So, cool. but then he sucked in too much, and like they took over his very soul. So now he's like this immortal demon who's mad at any new monarchy because. Like he's he's a little left up in the mind. Like he's not there anymore. He's got some swagger. Yeah, but like he's just like he wants revenge on the king who made him suck up all that dark energy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, he's just like this immortal being. I think they also, I think they made a misstep when they did Prompto and and Gladio and all that. Admittedly, I didn't play it, but that. Those first DLCs should have should have been, maybe been Arden. It's like, yo, we just had a whole yeah. game with Prompto right. and Gladio. Yeah, yeah, I remember the point in the game when like you kind of get separated. <laughs> I don't need this filler side arc filling in this gap. And it felt the Prompto one is so filler. Yeah, dude. it's well, so filler, and that's really yeah. frustrating because. Yeah. Like, the whole premise of it was maddening because Gladio just leaves you. It feels really awkward yeah. and dumb when yeah. it happens. He's like, I got some work to do. It's yeah. like, oh, what? Come on. Or he's like, I disagree with you, Noctis. And then, For then it's no like, reason. play DLC, get DLC to figure that moment out. Yeah. And that's not what I think you want DLC to feel like. I think you want to be excited about it. Like, oh, you already gave me so much. I want to know more. It was like... Okay, I guess I'll figure out what happened there. Yeah, that's not a good. Like, imagine if it was going into like it. discover Arden's past, and it was like a new, yeah, man. new map. You know, obviously not as big as fifteen, but right. like you were in a new location, and it was in the past, maybe, and you had like weird, cool new powers. Right, I want to be this wizard who's sucking in dark exactly. energy, dude. Yes, yeah. So, so that's why I think it, that might actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Yes, you're getting have, it. I might have to boot it back up. That's the one you're getting. Let's go. Boot it up. When's it come out? Arden. March. March? Yeah. See what I mean? It's still so far away. See, oh my. Yeah. But I mean, that's yeah. that's the whole story of 15, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Doesn't like, Devil May Cry come out like late February? I, I'm actually maybe? really bummed. Uh, I think my, it's March. March? Yeah. yeah. It's like... Personally, that, that Tabata is leaving. I know yeah. a lot of people don't like 15, and I know a lot of people don't like the way Tabata did things. But just, like, speaking to that guy personally and, and seeing him try his absolute best to wrangle 15, I think he did a really great job. Absolutely. I think uh, that he was a good person that worked hard and always tried to make the best decisions. And, like, somebody like that where you just look at them and you kind of analyze, like, okay, this is how they do things, it's, it's hard to see them go out kind of unceremoniously mm-hmm. like this. Like, yeah, the, the whole yeah. the whole thing that this says to me is like Square Enix is just angry. They're taking a pivot. They're going somewhere else. Bye bye, Tabata. Yeah. Like, I don't know, especially after like devoting your life. Like when I interviewed that guy, he was so goddamn tired. Like mm-hmm. you could tell this was his entire life. And I just I don't know. I hate to see him go like that personally. But he'll have a new thing. He'll have a new thing. Final Fantasy Hopefully. 16. I'm so I hope excited. It's fantasy again. Yeah, like medieval. I, I mean. like Igni's philosophy. You ever watch that? <laughs> that weird CG thing where it's just like she's doing magic in this weird huge town that's just kind of a like. A, a, you haven't is, seen that? It's a Final Fantasy anime. No, it was <laughs> like a tech demo. Yes, like oh. around when the PS4 was first kicking off. You got to oh. see this. Oh yeah, maybe I did. You, when maybe it came you did. Out, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't picture. And it, it was a nice twist. It was. A, it was kind of fantasy esque. It still had some modernness to it, but yeah. like very fantasy oriented. It's time. It's time to go. Like what? Nine. I nine. guess. 
14 and 11 are also medieval, Mm-mm. kind of? No, they, those have no worlds. They let slimes in other worlds. <laughs> okay. I think we're getting to just about the end of this conversation. <laughs> they let promotional materials slip into yeah. their worlds. They have Coleman. nothing. Yeah. Hey, man, some of us like that. <laughs> yeah, Huber, I think there's a high chance that it'll be more classic fantasy. Classic cool. fantasy, Final Fantasy style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I think think there's a high chance they're like, we want this to be exactly like fire and ice. We're going for that kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also terrified that it's going to be like sci-fi military. I know. And multiplayer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even... I I will be disappointed if it's sci-fi again. I cannot, dude. We've had... Like even ten, get, even ten gets weird. Like twelve, I feel like is sci-fi. Oh, seven is sci-fi. Actually, twelve, thirteen no. is sci-fi. Two, thirteen, two and three. It's like enough. Man, I forgot about twelve. Twelve is super fantasy. Yeah, it is. It's pretty uh-huh. sci-fi-ish. They don't have any no. screens. They have no I screens. Mean, you know, like. Cuber, classic fantasy Final Fantasy has sci-fi it's in totally, it. Totally. Yeah, it's fused. I'm yeah, just like thinking, six. Six has Magitech armor and all that. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Thinking of nine. Nine, nine has sci-fi stuff in it too. Yeah. <laughs> Toward the end, yeah, you know? yes. yeah it, it, it always goes there. I, yeah. mean, I, I meant just yeah. like as a whole. Okay, lean like lean more towards that stuff, medieval stuff. It's all a spectrum. What if they give it to Yokotaro? Give it to him. Nah, he's working on his next near game already. He's like, yeah. I got another idea. I'm working on it. See you in another year. I'm gonna make this really fast. It's like, what? I believe you. I think we should end this conversation by reminding ourselves that Kingdom Hearts 3 is, like, here. January. Hope that sells well, dude. Hope people are caught up. Like, I can see so many people being like, Kingdom Hearts 3, but I'm not caught up. Not buying it. I can see Square Enix overestimating demand. Big time. Yeah. I could see Kingdom Hearts 3 selling well, Mm -hmm. but not gangbusters. Yeah. Really nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. Nervous about it. Yeah. I mean, like Square Enix is already kind of in a tough spot with these losses. Big tough spot, you know. Yeah. If this thing falters, the hell's gonna happen? What's gonna? What does the future hold for the, JRPGs the, if Kingdom Hearts three fails? The bar of success is too damn high. It's <laughs> nonsensically high. It is. You need to make games yeah. that can reach realistic goals. Yeah. Do you know how mad they are about seventeen million for Red Dead? Every other publisher is furious. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at their monitors and How shouting do we swear words. How do we do it? 17 million? Ooh, I want to yeah, make a wild west yeah, game. Oh, man. <laughs> Quick, cowboys. Put some cowboys It in. makes no sense to anyone else how they get 17 million and they're struggling to get 1 million, huh? Yeah. Man. Like, we just talked about Dragon Quest on Frame Trap. What was yeah. it? 6 million or 4 million? 4 mil worldwide. 4 million. Yeah. Seems good. Seems good. Seems really good. Be happy. And they're like, oh, I no. mean, like, <laughs> it's this dozens of hours turn-based eleventh entry in a well-known series. Yeah. Like four million. Four million. That's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. Doesn't need to be Fortnite or a Rockstar game. Mm-hmm. Realistic expectations. Yeah, but I would, if I'm a publisher, I'd be like, how? How can we get seventeen million? How? Mm-hmm. Kyle, I think take you would be eight, good at this. Take eight years to make a game and make it good. Yeah, because that's the truth. It's like, you can't. The answer is you can't. Yeah. You don't want to. <laughs> in Activision, a way, you don't want that 17. You don't want to put in the work to get that 17 million. Yeah. Rockstar, 
Red Dead Redemption 2 being so successful is kind of confusing because it is a game that like is not especially player friendly. Right? It sh- it sh- like when <laughs> playing through it Ben, I was like right out of the gate, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be divisive." Yeah. And you know, you and it's not the first time we've had this like, oh, the control sucks" thing before with Rockstar. Yeah. yeah. And so you just wake up and you're like 17 million, and I think it's just I think it's just seeing those tens. I think it is if if you can create something that feels like a can't miss event, mm-hmm. that's yeah. where you want to be. Like Dragon Quest yeah. 11, this is not me insulting Dragon Quest 11. I think for the average Joe, there's no aura of I can't Importance. miss this. Yeah. So true. Super so, super true. Yeah. Like you can make your game as as cumbersome as you want, but if you feel like you're missing out, if you feel like you can't go to that water cooler and talk about you know, that stuff. I don't know. Huber. Totally. Is Battlefield 5 a can't miss event? Huh. Dude, Battlefield 5 feels good. I am so glad. You dodged the question. Can't miss event? <laughs> I appreciate you keeping them on the Is it a can't out. miss event? I am so hesitant to say can't miss for any game. You know, Red yeah. Dead is yeah. a can't miss event. Mm-hmm. I don't. God of War. I don't know if you're hesitant to say that. In your review, you call God of War. Right, you <laughs> call it right in your review. I don't know yeah. if that's true. This game is a can't miss event. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Battlefield Five. Just don't skip it. Are you gonna yeah, do a don't skip that, on Battlefield? Does that count? I know ex- you're saying what you're telling me is it is a missable event. I personally think it's... I think you could miss this event. I mean, because a lot of people don't is it more? For... Is it more than if you like Battlefield, you'll like this? Is it more than that? Hmm. Tough <laughs> questions, dude. Hardball. I haven't played it. I, I just was trying to get some details. I, I mean, couldn't you, you could say the same thing about Call of Duty, right? Actually, with Black Ops 4, like... Maybe a little bit, but mostly no. I, I think there's enough new going on in Black Ops 4 mm. where it's like, hey, you could land on this even if uh, you don't typically like Call of Duty. I think yeah. the specialists are pretty big, but uh, mm-hmm. honestly, Blackout. Like, I could see you being like, I'm going to get so much enjoyment out of Blackout yeah. alone. That's the thing is Battle Royale in, in Battlefield doesn't come out until like March or something. Yeah, was it yeah. summer 2019? March, I think. Okay. So that it's always decision, a way. Yeah. Oof. It's an oof decision, but at the same time, it makes me believe that it's going to be amazing when it launches. They didn't rush right. it. You look at this. Okay, you look at the beta of Battlefield Five when it came out, and it was rough around the edges. There was a lot of backlash from hardcore Battlefield players and streamers. Huber, I got to be honest with you, man. Playing that beta really dehyped me on Battlefield Five. Yeah, it me was too. not a convincing beta. It felt kind of lifeless. Yeah. Um, and I am not familiar i'm familiar with the franchise obviously i played them all but i'm not familiar enough with the because it was like a it was a, a insane patch notes from the beta to this what they're fixing mm. they were fixing spotting like it would take t- too long to dive into everything they've changed but i want to focus on the things that have stood out to me on battlefield 5 that have changed the flow and the way you play this game considerably Okay. Way different. All right. Okay. This is crazy. Two huge, huge, huge changes. First off, that was four huges. Four massive. Buckle <laughs> up. Okay. First of all, spotting. Way different now. Okay. Battlefield three, four. Kyle, 
you would spam, you'd see someone in the distance, uh-huh. you'd spam Q on him. There's a guy! Just push, you see him, Q. And what, that shows, shows like an arrow shows up on all your teammates? The, the, the Dorito. The, the, or, yeah, exactly. They call the him Dorito. Dorito. The Dorito. Okay. Little yeah. green Dorito above him. Sure. Everyone shoot, 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 okay? Okay. The, playing that, you know? There's a disconnect there. Everyone's mm-hmm. just spamming Q and yeah. you're shooting at little green Doesn't Doritos. Make sense. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, the only character that can spot is the sniper. Great. Recon. Yep. You have to get out your scope and scan for people. Are you still mashing Q? No. You you actually, you get your scope and you just stare at him. Oh, you have cool. to hold on him for a second. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. So... That makes recon now w- way more valuable, where traditionally snipers in Battlefield were lone wolves and they would be playing their own game and 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 it would be a little harder to contribute to the team. You know, you still can contribute, obviously, yeah. but you feel like more of a teammate now when you're playing as a recon because of scouting and how so important Huber, that is. So Huber, on paper, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. But and it's not just a battlefield problem. It's in every it's in any game that has an objective and is a competitive game. Yeah. Where like, yeah, that's great that it exists. Yeah. Are recons doing that or are they just hanging back, not contributing okay. all, and also not getting kills? Okay. <laughs> Full disclosure, the game has only been playable for like two days. Sure. I'm reviewing it. If I get things wrong right now, stay tuned for the official review. Yeah. But that's a good segue into the next major, huge, major huge, change. Huge, huge because change. no, not a lot of people are, are spotting Ben mm-hmm. to answer your question. The next huge change divisive as hell. Oh, everyone, not just medics yeah. can revive teammates. Everyone. Can't you, can't like you, Call of Duty. No, 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 but can't you only revive teammates if you're in a squad? I believe that is what it is. Where you can't just go up and revive everybody, or at least that's what it was in the beta, I believe. That's a good question. Yeah, because sometimes it wouldn't let me. You're right. Yeah, okay. I think you have to be in a squad so to revive. So it's trying to promote squad play in that Yes. Way. Okay, so then, and when you're the medic, you can uh, revive them faster. Cool. And uh, you can you can throw med packs to people. Okay, so med. Oh, so, that's right. I watched a guy try to revive you and he couldn't do it in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that. Because yeah. it takes, if you're not, yeah, yeah. So... This is crazy because... And this is crazy? This is crazy because, first of all, not a lot of people are, are helping out the, re- the revives, you know? Right. P- like, squad mate, just looking at <laughs> me. It's, it's, it's the worst show, when they're right, right there. They're right there. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so frustrating. Yeah. Hopefully they, that gets better down the line. But I can see this working for the better in the long run. Because there were times, there were moments when we'd be fighting for a point and, you know, someone goes down, teammate rushes up, kills a dude, revives me, we push a little more forward, he goes down, we kill a guy, we revive him. It's that, like, picking each other up aspect Mm -hmm. that just makes team play and teamwork so much more rewarding and and really like forces you to work together uh another thing is that the squad leader now is way more important (coughs) because they can call in vehicle reinforcements and supply drops based on points that their squad is earning how do you select a squad leader uh it's the first one in the squad oh 
So yeah, and then and then you can leave. So not necessarily the most qualified. Exactly, dude. Which is really frustrating because when someone is a squad leader and they're not giving orders, yeah, you're missing right. out on those points. So do you bail? Have you done that? You're like, uh, I yeah, get, oh, okay. Because I'm all about it. I'm all about attack that point. Let's mm-hmm. go. We get those bonus points. Call in, you know, a, a tank back at home base. Uh, it just yeah. The the focus is way more on team play, which I'm really appreciating. Back to the the scouting thing too. It is. You know, again, this is this is like fundamental changes with this game. Since you can't scout as well, and people don't have Doritos over them, there's a lot more hiding. Yeah. There's a lot more. You know, I laid down in a bush at one point, prone in a bush with a sniper rifle, and I was just picking people off, picking people off, and people like one or two guys shot at me, but I lasted like a few more minutes. No Doritos, exactly. Sick, dude. So like, yeah, I, that sounds. I I like what you're saying, but then it, I'm also like. Anything that makes snipers more effective yeah. means that you're just going to get more snipers. But the level design, Ben, to counter that is yeah. incredible. There, okay. are, there are stages that are so wide and deep and long that, yeah, snipers, sniper haven. Mm-hmm. But there's also, even even some of the big stages have so many areas that are tighter, uh, that are, that are you know, that kind of funnel you in. There's a lot of room to, like, I... I I've never changed my class so much in a Battlefield game mid-match. Hmm. Usually I'd be like, I'm going to snipe this match. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be medic. I kept changing, kept changing, kept changing because of the situations. So I appreciate the direction they're taking it, and it's shaping up to be really good so far. How's the destruction? Destruction's amazing. Sound is amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like slow destruction. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. You're in a house and it just slowly comes apart. Um, being in a house and like shooting outside, the, the sh- smashing the glass and like shooting out is really fun. Uh, there's like a Private Ryan map, the final battle in Private Ryan, straight up, dude. There's like a bell tower you can climb. It takes a long time to get up there. And I think it can collapse too, right? Dude, yeah. Oh, I was nice. up there. I was up there. Plane. Like blew the whole church up. It was nuts crazy uh but it feels really good but at the same time it feels it feels like you would benefit way more than in the past by playing with a group of friends in a squad because the squad is so important so um have you done any of the single player i did the the prologue mission Mm -hmm. uh which had a pretty big impact on me actually it was pretty awesome whoa yeah. What do you Impact mean? is in like emotionally affecting. Yeah. yeah. I see. It was brief. It's just the intro mission. Mark Strong is narrating. You're kind of hopping from soldier to Who's soldier. Who's Mark Strong? Uh, like a British actor. He's oh. in like Kingsman. Okay. Some Kingsman. All right. He's in a bunch no, of I have not. I'm not. He's in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-mm. Real trade craft. Okay. All right. Never mind. All right. He's really cool. Um. But yeah, the first mission was solid. I need I need to play the other missions to sure. fully judge the. Do you feel like in multiplayer vehicles have a strong impact. What I did notice is that there were far fewer yeah. vehicles. Is that a good thing in your opinion? I don't know yet mm. because that was that was something that a sense that I had in the beta yeah. as well, where I, I, I just felt like there was less and it yeah. was weird. Yeah, it is weird. There was just on a plane yet? Flew, flew a plane, yeah. Oh, okay. Planes are awesome. Is it hard to get the plane? It's yeah, it's kind of hard to get the vehicles. You gotta like kind of if you if you really want it, you kind of have to wait at the deploy. Like queue up, basically. Yeah, That's queue up. 
Um, and I think because squad leaders aren't calling in vehicle reinforcements, oh, maybe that's that. why. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. So hopefully that stuff kind of irons out as people right. get more familiar. Yeah, I, I have to it. wonder, like, and it's it's I'm sure it makes it tough doing a review as mm-hmm. well, where like you get to a point a year from now, and it's like the people still playing Battlefield Five are the ones that know what to do, and yeah. so it's just a completely different experience totally. than that initial launch rush. Yeah, too. and my history with Battlefield is that it takes time. Yeah, you know yeah, whether yeah. it's a rocky launch or an unbalanced launch, like there's so many things to tweak within Battlefield, um, but it's extremely encouraging going from the beta, which kind of felt lifeless to this which has uh these substantial changes that have is this the ea access launch yeah okay or the origin premiere okay so not even ea access no are playing this yet this is Got origin okay. the, uh, yeah that's a whole nother yeah you're you, playing you pay, i'm interested in that you pay 15 dollars for a month of origin premiere and you get access to the game but you don't own the game right so the people that buy the game have to wait the longest to play it if you buy Battlefield, you wait the longest. How backwards is that? Can't you buy an edition, though, where you get early access, or have they changed that in favor of Origin Premier? You can buy, like, the or the the deluxe edition of the game, and I think you get five days early access, whereas or- Origin Premier was 11. <laughs> so could I... I could buy the game today, though, right? Yeah. If I have Premier, and then it'll just, like, it'll just show up permanently... Yeah, so you would buy you'd buy a month of Premiere, and uh-huh. you yeah. would have to buy the game. Yeah. Okay, and okay. Your, all your progress would carry over. Okay. but okay. they're still getting you for that. Oh, subscription. they're getting me. They're yeah. getting me. That's yeah. funny. Uh, so that's who you're playing with right now. Premier. All those suckers who are like Premiere players. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're not suckers. They're playing a game they like as soon as possible. Yeah, um, it's weird. It is. You're playing on PC, right? Yep. We should squad up. We should squad I'm up. Ready. With the, I'll revive you. Ben's one of those suckers. They call me the Med Man. Do you, are you paying that fifteen? Oh yeah. Oh, gotta man. get in on the battlefield. Gotta get in on the okay. battlefield. Gotta get on it's the battlefield. It's an event. Right. It's a camp miss. Well, for like Ben, you don't need to buy the game. You can buy. You yeah, can, you can pay fifteen dollars, get yeah. in now, and a like you'll, right. you'll probably you'll right. play a few matches with Huber. You'll get month. all the enjoyment you wanted. Out yeah, of exactly. Yep, exactly. That's actually exactly. really interesting. Fifteen dollars. Fifteen yeah. bucks for a month. Yeah, it's like a movie ticket. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that is something that's been really frustrating with both EA Access and this Origin Premiere. Is it's like I want this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then nothing for months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't like is the customization. It's just kind of weird. Uh, like, character customization, too, is just yeah. super boring. Mm. Like, desert camo, wood camo. He or, re- like, you know, normal World War II helmet. Helmet with, like, F you, dude. Not, not, <laughs> not that, but, like, F-U, born dude. to kill. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, weird... Yeah customization that doesn't incentivize me to want to work towards it i'm yeah. just there for the class unlocks so it's funny that you say that about battlefield 5 it's also something i think could be a lot better in black ops 4 totally customization too so it feels good so far but still extremely early yeah but it's just crazy that the spotting man like people blindside you you have to be so much cool. more map aware and like See where the bullets are coming from. Like it's I, I feel doubling like... down on tactics even more. Also, another thing that it seems pointless: yeah. building. Probably implemented it just for battle royale. Honestly, it feels absolutely. It's so 100. weird that you say that though, because I feel like that's one of the biggest things that they pumped up. Yeah, and <laughs> and I'm telling you, from like the five hours I've played, again, that's nothing. Yeah, but I'm telling you, it has not been used once yeah. to benefit. 
There's no point. Has not decided a match or no. even decided a kill. Like, let me yeah. build a sandbag that someone is just going to, like, go around. Right. <laughs> what are you... It does sound, like, very particular to Battle Royale. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's good to hear those original impressions. I think it's a lot like Hitman, where, mm-hmm. like, how you feel now will mm-hmm. be different than how you feel in a week, will be different than how you feel in a month. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to get in there. Like... Squat up. I'm really okay with just like a week to a month of chaos and I'm good. Yeah. I play, I usually play Battlefield long term, but I didn't with Battlefield 1. But now it's got me. I feel like I play Battlefield 1 off and on for a couple of months. It's it's weird now that the battlefield time seems so long. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, I'll play the beta, and then I'll play early access, yeah. and then I'll play post. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think they like that. They want you to play for a year. Yeah. They, they want you to play. And, like, yeah. They've already got, like, the post-release window, like, yeah. calendar or whatever. They're adding, like, a Battle Royale or Fortnite-type Battle Pass thing. Oh. You can, like, earn as you play. Earn rewards. Yeah, I guess that could work in any games model, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because, like, Rocket League does that now, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Man, I haven't played Rocket League in, like, forever. Rocket There's so many games to just get sucked so into. So many games. For... Yeah. So, so many. Games. So many. So many. Do you know what there's not enough of? Hmm. Oh, Takis! <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking... <coughs> this is this is kind of similar <coughs> to uh, the, the last one where we have a situation that is a little bit confusing. You're not sure what's going on, and you're curious about the future. I want to talk about Destiny. Uh, dude, I was just going to bring this up. Five minutes ago. I'm not even kidding. I got you. Here we go. I was just about to bring Before this we talk about Destiny, let's get yeah. some context for what's going on okay. down in down in Destiny land. This is from Gotaku. Yep. Uh, Destiny didn't sell enough copies to meet Activision's expectations. However, and, and they said some of our other franchises like Destiny are not performing as well as they liked. It's uh, a direct quote from an earnings call. Some um, of our other franchises aren't like Destiny aren't performing as well as we liked. What could the other franchises be? I don't be? know if in that earnings call they went on to specify. Yeah, I, I just I just have information relevant. It sounds like Activision Destiny. was just saying that to call out Destiny in particular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does <laughs> sound like two that. two franchises and Call of Duty is doing okay. Like, they're surprised. The other one's yeah. like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot's doing fine right now. Um, this article says, That news shouldn't be much of a surprise to anyone who's been paying attention recently. Last week, Activision started giving away the PC version of Destiny 2 for free until November 18th, a sign of weak sales for the franchise. Uh, and this is again from Activision, from Activision COO uh, Cody Johnson. We have not seen the full core re-engage in Destiny yet, uh, which has led to the underperformance against expectations to date. Uh, some players are in wait-and-see mode. If you're in, you're deeply engaged. Uh, if not, we think now's the time to bring players back. Uh, and this is from Luke Smith from Bungie. This is his tweet. We are not disappointed with Forsaken. We set out to build a game that Destiny players would love, and at Bungie, we love it too. Building Destiny for players who love it is and will remain our focus going forward. So, uh, and just just kind of anecdotal evidence from the internet, uh, people that care about Destiny are heavily invested in Destiny, love Forsaken, yet it's also not meeting expectations. You've got this, this tug of war going on. Uh, how do you feel like that problem is going to play out, Michael Huber? 
I don't know, because it really bums me out. Okay, I fell off of Destiny 2 after Forsaken. I did beat the campaign, mm -hmm. and I was going to gear up for the raid until I realized, holy smokes, Destiny is hardcore again. Yeah. It is extremely hardcore, and the community is hyped, <coughs> pumped. The game itself is the best place it's been in, uh, and that that comment is disturbing because it's it's suits and big wigs wanting to sell more copies and uh it, you know they're disappointed with it because maybe the you know forsaken is hardcore now so the 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 average consumer didn't like jump back in maybe no see i think i think that's the misassessment okay i think the misassessment is the the wait and sees yeah no you lost them yeah, you lost him. Exactly. You think, you think this huge audience is just watching every little DLC trailer you put out? Yeah. And so it's like, maybe now's the time mm -hmm. to hop in. You lost yeah. those people. Yeah. They're gone. They're and not waiting to see. They're gone. Yeah, which is why I like Luke Smith's tweet about yeah. like, yo, this is for Destiny players. And yeah. we're going to do that when we when as we move forward. There's no way next year's DLC will sell better than Forsaken is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I just like, I, just like we need to win them back. You're not yeah. going to do it, dude. Yeah, I'm just scared that they're going to try to. Yes. And they're gonna compromise the game that's exactly what's because gonna of it yeah. and that uh, that's, that's a bummer huber i've been thinking about this and i think the whole problem with destiny is how it is sold and that is why you're seeing this tug to begin with because mm -hmm. people that fell off a lot of them spent a lot of money not only in the base game which they found disappointing but a lot of money on several expansions that they saw disappointing yeah. and so when they hear that the game is in the the best it's ever been yeah. it's like that's cool and it's cool that they're giving it away for free now but i just spent you know more than a hundred dollars on stuff that sucked or stuff that i thought was underwhelming mm -hmm. i'm not going to spend another forty dollars or whatever it is to get the good stuff even if it's the best ever yeah and so i think that is the problem whereas like you have something like warframe which had a rough launch, but because it was free, exactly. even your worst expectations, you're like, well, I'll check it out. Maybe it's way better now. You don't have that like low barrier that Destiny so, so needs when it's going to be up and down like this all the time. <laughs> and I think if they really want a success or, or to not like have this problem, they make Destiny 3 free to play. I think that's how they do it. Whoa. That is, wow. that, ben, that's Hotake. That that's, what Hotake. Yes. that's what you do. That's what you do. Because is... you're, otherwise you're going to have so many people that are be like, you know, I was there for Destiny 1 at launch, burned, there for Destiny 2 at launch, burned, not doing it with Destiny 3. Oh, yeah. it's free? Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah. Wow. You look at games now, free to play, and they're clearly working. It clearly works. Well, the business model. Some of them are. Some of them. There are successes, but there's yeah. a lot of failures out I there. I just like, feel but like when you have the backing of, you know, Bungie, Activision, you can true. make a free to play game yeah. succeed. I feel like the way Destiny is being sold is grossly outdated for the type of game that it is. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and it's like weirdly, yeah. it feels weirdly self important and like yes. presumptuous of Activision to, you know, I feel like they thought the game was bigger than it actually is. You yes. know, they saw Destiny 1 I mean, blow Destiny, up. I mean, Destiny did blow up. Yeah. You but, have to give them that. But it still feels like they thought it would just 
continue on. Right, they want right. like Call of Duty forever. Right. Exactly. And like you Halo know? to Halo 2. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, we, we have Bungie right now. Yeah. We're going to have a Halo franchise. Halo mm-hmm. 2, you know, did crazy better than Halo. Yeah. Obviously, Destiny 2 will do way better than Destiny. Yeah. Huber, I totally think yeah. it is because of their success with Call of Duty where it kind of yeah. blew up and mm-hmm. then just continued for ever. Ever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> um, but like when you say like hey let's change how this is monetized yeah. do you trust Activision to do it in a way that doesn't completely ruin the game <laughs> I like I don't know because if you go free to play then you have to like change the entire way the entire structure of the game right <laughs> no <laughs> you don't there's already microtransactions for cosmetics in the game right now true true but I still feel like you would have to like double down on that if your game's free because you you're would. not getting yes. it, you know you're not getting paid expansions and the likes of that and a weird thing is your cosmetics are also you know your stats it's fun to get new armor in destiny mm-hmm. because it increases your stats and it looks yeah. cooler and then you become a stronger character but the eververse which is the microtransactions are just cosmetic stuff right but your cosmetics are also like what you care about yeah. So it's actually hard to I think in the destiny world detach your cosmetics from well how does it work then you can, um, so you can take a, a cosmetic item, and mm-hmm. then if you earn like a really powerful thing that looks stupid, we transmogrify. You can, like, yeah, you can like pump it in. Got it to the one you like the look of. Understood. So, so never mind. I take that comment back. But then, um, yeah, I think it's just tough. It's such a hard, like that, like on paper, Destiny Two works so well because you are appeal you're appealing to such a broad area of players you know how many times ben we talked about like the raid you know the raid is yeah. for the the hardcore players that that want to work as a team and group up and do this end game content you have the campaign and the story for you know everyone and, and just your average player that's going to go in and you know shoot some aliens and, and experience the story and then you also have pvp uh which is for players that want to battle each other at, you know to the death I don't don't think they have a problem appealing to people, though. I think the problem that they have is transitioning people who are into it into people that raid. Because, like, they they just, there's something, there's either not enough there, Mm -hmm. or they get burned out, or, or something. Like, there's just, with the vanilla versions of these games, it's like they're missing that piece of the bridge that's going to put them on the side where they care about that endgame stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. What's uh, nice, I've, I keep tabs on every once in a while because I do like Destiny 2 quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been updating places and adding story. Yeah. What do you mean updating places? Like uh, the Dreaming City, I think it's called. It's right when I stopped playing. I, again, I just beat the campaign and bounced out. Sure. But there's this whole uh, like Rivendell elf witcher type area that... Uh, was really cool looking and then when the first the world's first raid was completed that entire area changed oh i see what you mean and that that area keeps reacting and and adding in things that are you know expanding the story in little ways but still that stuff matters like that's the way you keep me engaged is Mm -hmm. like having these weekly or bi-weekly or monthly things that are a big enough reason to pull me back in a game instead of go and experience the new hotness. I mean, like, you could look at Monster Hunter World. Yeah. They just add a new monster, exactly. like, monthly. Yeah. That works. Yeah. People are excited to go fight that well, new it, monster. It you know? works because 
It's free. Yeah, yeah. Ben, you're so right. That's a free yep. monster, yeah. I mean, if they were ch- tar- charging $6 to mm-hmm. fight the new monster, that would not go over no. well. Yeah. Um, and like Fortnite, you know, those events, the events are free. The map changes, it's free. Like, the game itself is free. You Halloween, you added monsters to the map. Like, wow, that's crazy and different. I'm going to hop back in because it's free. But it's really about cashing in goodwill because mm-hmm. I totally believe strongly that we are getting a paid expansion to monster hunter world that will be announced sometime early next year dude and i think that feels scoop i think i think everybody's gonna be okay with it because they can look back on the first year of monster hunter world and be like yeah i got a lot i'm gonna i guess i'll drop another 40 or whatever it ends up being i'll pay up um Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like destiny constantly finds itself in like like pre-forsaken it's like yeah this is the best we've yeah. ever been that that goodwill wasn't there too expensive dude way too expensive for anyone to be okay or comfortable with it yeah unreal amount of money and and you know even going back to destiny one holy crap dude the the two smaller expansions and two big expansions and then having to buy destiny 2 and right. it's just non-stop and it's not like five or ten bucks. It's like these are twenty or forty dollar expansions. You're not yes. even giving me a. You're not even giving me a sequel. What like, I'm terrified like of sequel money, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. What I'm terrified of Huber is they've done by by all reports that I've seen they've done a great job of appealing. Yeah. To, to hardcore. hardcore people with with Forsaken. Mm-hmm. People love Forsaken. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I am so worried that Destiny Three comes around mm-hmm. and they just not abandon those people but it's like fresh start again yeah it's a, and it's like the thing is it's the right thing to do as a publisher as a, <laughs> right. exactly that's why it's such a tricky spot yeah. dude you they want everyone yes. they want this perfect world uh-huh. where those hardcore players are doing their hardcore grind every yeah. single day and they also want those casual players to hop in every once in a while you know if they get those casuals in, in there every once in a while, you know, the mm-hmm. non-committed to Destiny, like yeah. myself, you know, I'm hopping in there when something new and fresh happens. That's that's their dream. I don't think it's possible. I really don't. I just don't. Can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. Yeah. Very few games can manage that. What if this happens? Because, because it's not free. Yeah. I think you could have it both ways if you, it's free. You absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what do you think if this happens where... Bungie doesn't like Activision. Activision doesn't like Bungie. They split, and Bungie goes, listen, sorry, guys. We have to leave Destiny behind. We're going to make a new thing our way, completely under our control. Do you think that goes over well? It would be really taxing for them to have to start something from the ground up because you look at how much... Yeah. So it would be years. Like, It'd be years with no income. Yeah. I see what you're saying. There yeah. is so, like, yeah, we, we rib on grimoire cards and the Destiny lore, but right. wow, this is a universe that is no, massive No, but I'm, saying, I'm just saying they, they, they start completely over. They make a new universe. Yeah, that's what I go, mean, like, because they're so committed with all, like, they've put right. so much time and resources into that. It seems like it would be a hard... Their new thing would have to not be a huge MMO skill yeah. FPS. It'd have to just be like, hey, we're just we're going we're gonna to do Halo 1 again. You know what I mean? We're going to yeah. just do like a small, cool world with really nice I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they go like a Kingdoms of Amalur route where yeah. like, 
hey, we're, we're going to make this to start out to introduce you to this place, and then we'll expand in scope as we go on. I'm not saying any of this is feasible. Right. I just like seeing what Activision yeah. wants and what Bungie wants and who they're trying to please. It just, yeah, I don't know. What a weird company Activision is because they're also the good guys who are publishing Sekiro. Right? I mean, is what that what that is? Is that, is that a good guy move? Yes. If that's you're, you're giving From dude. Software money to make as much with a game that they no, want to make. that's a money move. I you think that's a money move. You know they're going to make a good game from software. Look at their last yeah, couple yeah. games. I think, I think it's Activision being like, easy money. <laughs> okay, this has been built up enough that we know yeah. that this will appeal to enough people. A good guy move is Square Enix Life is Strange. That's a good guy dude, move. A, a that's good a good guy, guy, a good guy move. move. There's, there's yeah. no like... Sure bet there. That's a chance. A good guy move off. is actually just throwing a bunch of money at Sweary for <laughs> yeah, no reason. A That's guy a good move. guy move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Deadly Premonition 2 is a good guy move. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Sekiro is going to be great. I don't think it is going to be ruined by nonsense, but yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they you know. guys didn't play Forsaken, admittedly. Did you Did yeah. you even play Destiny you 2? Know, you didn't were, even look at Destiny 2, and you didn't, Yeah, you were hard out after the Destiny 1 campaign. I, I yes. would like to play Forsaken. That's yeah. as like, strong of a commitment yeah. as I can give, but I would like to. Yeah, because it was solid. Yeah, I you know, believe you. But, like, again, it's that middle ground. It's... My entire life is not in on Destiny, right? Right, right. So then... What is... There for you. What is there for me? Because you can't possibly do that raid right now. Yeah. yeah. Hubert... Yeah. Like, Although, like, like gearing, doing the raid, man, doing the raid the best. was the, it was the best. best. Yeah. But the there best. are there are so many things right now that can consume all of your time yeah. that look equally appealing. Yeah. And six years ago, five years ago, three years ago, this was not true mm-hmm. in the same way that it is now. Yeah. Like, Anthem is coming out. Yeah. I want to see what that's about. Yeah. That's a life consumer. Well, Anthem Maybe. Will be, it will, totally will, will be. Will Anthem be a $60? You're in and that's your good? Oh, Are we no. going to have oh, uh, expansion no. one, expansion oh, yeah. two, yeah. microtransactions, uh, cosmetics? Expansion alpha, expansion beta. <laughs> that's upsetting. Phase one. Phase one. Yeah. <laughs> they should just call yeah. it phase one. Phase one. Games Anthem service, phase yeah. one. You're right. You know, that's the difference. Games as a service is working. It's a fun, it's a model that people like. They mm-hmm. like giving money, money to games as a service. Uh, but when you're EA and you're putting out a $60 game, it's like games yeah. as a service has to be different. Yeah. You can't do that to people. Monster Hunter World surprisingly found a way. I would call Monster Hunter World games as a service, even though it was $60 once. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And just events right now. I always, I keep, I always bring this up when I'm on your guys' podcasts is events. It's not a new concept in video games, but I really think it is, you know, with games as a service blowing up and so many games having, re- like, like Monster Hunter World, adding a monster in or some cool Dante festival, having events is so important to draw your players back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while Destiny has expansions, I would like to see more events. Don't they do a Halloween thing? They do a Halloween thing. And, but, but I think. Hear me out. Okay. So it's a little harder. Maybe I'm ju- I'm expecting too much of Destiny because of the price or something. Yeah. But I feel it's like expensive, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like because of that and because it's Bungie and because the game, you know, is so high budget. It's a it's a huge AAA game. I feel like maybe the, I want more events out of them than they give. Is is that a fair want from them to 
want them to have free events like every month or you know because like the their events are really I, weird they're like a valentine event where it was like duos in pvp i it's think like, what you no, want from destiny is you want something meaningful re to return to and meaningful progression mm -hmm. and it sounds like they've finally achieved that in forsaken yeah and it's just so frustrating because to me the whole Destiny saga has just been them trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I feel like they've landed on something that works with Forsaken, mm -hmm. and I'm just terrified they're going to have to throw it all away. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yep. Because, like, I feel like enough people are playing Destiny. Destiny is not this small little game yeah. that you haven't heard of. I feel like there are tons and tons of people playing and excited about Destiny right now, I just think the expectation for success expectation. is yes. way too high. Right. Way too high. <laughs> I do, like, like, Disney's doing well, They're right? making the most money they can off of it right now. You right. Know, I, feel, I almost feel like that. And like how mm -hmm. Huber started this conversation, yeah. yeah. But they want more. They right. want more. They want that's, more. The, yeah. that's the problem. Yes. Yeah. Is it... <laughs> they want they have Fortnite. a happy fan They want base. Fortnite. Yes. They honestly want Fortnite. Yeah. That level, I mean. Mm -hmm. But they want Destiny 2 being streamed there's every a reason night, why people, top three Twitch. There's a reason why people call these things lightning in a bottle. Like, yeah. you can't... <sighs> totally. I'd like... Just, like, NPDs, man. You know I love them. Yeah. Give me those freaking video game budgets just release oh, your I want budgets so bad release your damn numbers <laughs> I want to see those so bad. release your budgets yeah. yes. what are you hiding what are you hiding like if 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 you know a little give and take here developers if i'm gonna pony up 60 dollars uh, or whatever it may be if i'm gonna buy your product uh-huh with my cash you let me know some more information yeah. about the process and how much it costs and wh what's going on here you know the budgets of movies exactly yeah. There's no reason. So I'd love to see the the overall cumulative budget of oh, for Destiny? Destiny 1 and 2. It would we make you bill? puke. Are we at a bill yet? We're at a bill, baby. You would puke. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Right? I bet. Just the upkeep, man. I, yeah. feel like that's, yeah. I feel like that's a segment on a show. <laughs> Ready to check out the puke budget <laughs> of the night? <laughs> yeah. Destiny, Destiny Activision. And I wonder if there is just no way other than paid DLC and microtransactions to turn a, a meaningful profit. Yeah, but on Destiny. Mm -hmm. the the problem is, is they're like, that's the only way they're thinking of it is how can we extract the most money, not how will people exactly. respond to us extract. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just don't feel like they understand how far goodwill goes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so like, which is why Luke Smith <sighs> wrote that tweet. Yeah, he was probably frustrated. His parent company, his yeah. publisher, is like, hey, we're disappointed. It's like you are, but like we as the developers are having a great time right now. Right. Yeah, they, this yeah. is what we want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forsaken, dude. We're ready for some emails. Ready, ready. We we have a question about Soul Calibur Six that I find pretty interesting. Okay. Um, and I don't think it's something that we talk about too often. Cade Six in Soul Calibur Six. <laughs> I too. really think Cade Six is going to show up in something. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was here to the storm. Yeah. He's canonically dead? Like, they did, they went through with it? Damn. I wish I didn't know that. I didn't well, know no, that. that was the thing. No, that was the whole way they advertised Forsaken. Is like, we're killing him. Yeah. He there, will there, die. That was no I wasn't paying attention. Oh, okay. Because that was, yeah, that was the trailer, Ben. It that was, was like, the trailer. They were, like, holding his dead body. I, yeah. I, I think I saw that, yeah. and I was just like, I hey. really thought, like, can't wait for him to come back. I think that's what was going through my head. To be fair... 
the raid deals with some crazy stuff, and I have not finished <laughs> Never that. Never underestimate space magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Got you, got so you, got you, got you. He could, I, for all, like, honestly, he could be alive. Okay. I'm telling you, at the end of the story campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no one's ever really dead in sci-fi. Well, I just, yeah, true. But Never. I feel like, you know, that was their play. That was like, yeah. they're like, we're doing something big. And they came out it's even like, too in the developer. I remember them yeah. saying like, yeah. no, he's dead. Like, yeah. 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 And so, like, they're kind of out of those. Mm -hmm. What's their next big... What can you possibly shock people with, you know? I don't know. Our All first right. email. Sorry, yeah. Soul Calibur It's okay. Uh, ben, I know you were a big fan of fighting games as a genre, so I have to get your opinion as well as the fellow allies on this. Why do you think Soul Calibur 6 has so many different issues that have slipped through the cracks? Examples <laughs> like Voldel's Infinite Meter Trick, Instant Wake Up Critical Edge, or my least favorite, the Super Flash Overflow Bug that renders Astaroth's Grappling Critical Edge worthless. Characters at point blank can mash inputs and teleport behind him after the initial cutscene flashes. Bandai Namco has done an amazing job keeping these kinds of problems out of Tekken 7. So, what could you have changed for this otherwise amazing title? Thank you for considering my question. I hope your soul still burns for Soul Calibur 6 come EVO 2019. Here's what I love about this. The I, specifics. I almost feel like someone Googled, like, Frame Trap Podcast. <laughs> like, oh, that must be about fighting game particulars. I'm in. I, I actually have some insight on this. Please, that doesn't yeah. come from me. Drop it on us. Uh, this comes from, from Eris, avoiding the puddle on Twitch. He actually talked about this. Cool. Um, and so my information is coming secondhand from him. He's a better source to get it from. But Tekken 7 did not come out first on hold consoles. Yeah, it was two out, years in arcades, It right? was out in forever in the arcade, yeah. and people were upset about that, and they came out and they were like, hey, listen, shit's gonna be broken, let us do this. And they were totally right, shit was broken, and the arcade release allowed them to do iterations and stuff like that. And the same thing happened with like Soul Calibur 2, where there was multiple iterations in arcade, and then there was a home console version. Not the case with Soul Calibur 6, mm -hmm. and so that's why you're seeing stuff like uh, Voldo's Infinite, that is a problem mm -hmm. and is being banned from tournaments. Um, Voldo, why am I not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. Uh, this, this. I guarantee it's rolling. I bet his infinite's just rolling up on you forever. I actually don't think I've seen the infinite in action. I, I should that. look it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I think this sounds really scary for sure. I have faith that this will be addressed this as quickly seems as like possible. Yeah, yeah, this seems like one or two. Yeah, this seems like one or two patches away. Right, that dopamine. Yeah, that patch dopamine. So if anything, this is the fun part of a fighting game, right? <laughs> like you're, everybody's just playing around, like exploring, right? And yeah, right. Uncovering things. I mean, like it's kind of fun when stuff is broken. Yeah, F depending depending on how it is broken, it can be. But. Um, yeah, so I have faith it'll be patched. It sounds like you guys have faith it'll be patched. Yeah, yeah also, uh, Soul Calibur 6, pretty fast turnaround from announcement to release. Yeah, absolutely. pretty cool. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just need that 2B release date. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, but I have a question in relation to this, where, like, obviously when you have stuff that's broken, it grabs headlines, and you have potential buyers who are like, oh, no, this is broken. I'm not going to get it. Do you think that is a real issue? Do you think that's happening? Or do you think most people think it's going to get patched? I think the only people looking at that are the people that are committed to the game outright. And haters, dude. The haters exist yeah. who just want to see a game like that fail. Yeah. And they're just, they'll just spread that. Yeah. They're like Valdo Infinite. Without buying the game, without being interested in the game, mm -hmm. haters will continue that line for months. Do you think those haters have legs, though? I mean, do you think those haters have real impact on the sales of this thing? Do you think these issues have real impact on the sales of this thing? I sincerely think that 
Soul Calibur 6 has less mass appeal than Tekken 7. You know, mm. I think that if the game doesn't succeed wildly, it's not because of the patch. It's not because the haters making fun of it or, or it's Metacritic. You know what I mean? It's a bummer. It's like, to me, such an innately appealing game, right? Mm. You're just two people fighting with swords. Right. It rules. Like, that's so cool. I just, um, I don't know. I, I, uh, Tekken 7 blew up way more than I thought it would. It's crazy how that game succeeded. Yeah. I hope for 6 to do the same. I feel like 6, so it's, it seems to me so far that, like, Six needs to be successful. They've come out and said that. Yeah. But I feel like their expectations for success are a little bit lower. I mean, when you're yeah. announcing DLC characters like 2B from Nier, you're not trying to grab the same yeah. people that you're trying to grab with Negan from The Walking Dead. Very true. So Is Negan out? No. No, Negan not even close, dude. We've like seen He's Negan. like the last one. Okay. So Gotta stream that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I have to wonder if, like... This isn't a real issue. Like this will just go away and it's be fine. Over. It'll do, and it'll do well enough. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I can't imagine after you know being a QA tester for years doing a fighting game. Oh, There's yeah. just so many variables that you cannot plan on. Yeah. Uh, you know they practice combos all day long. They have you know a huge team of people searching for those things. Yeah. They're always going to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And to the best of my knowledge, it's not like this stuff was found day one. Right. It was like yeah. Sometime Let later, the pros experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure it out. But like th- tens of thousands of pros, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously not all pros, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, it gets hardcore. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've speaking about it, sp- speaking, spoken about it several times. I think Six Soul Calibur Six is a pretty cool game. Yeah. Really curious to see those Evo 2019 entry numbers, like how many people are competing. Yeah. Uh, to see how it does viewership wise. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. It man. is gonna be a super fun yeah. game to watch. I think yeah, it will be a super fun game. To will watch. anyone be Geralt? Yeah, I think Geralt is good. Yeah, yeah. Geralt right. seems good to me. Yes. Yeah. All right, we're ready for the next email. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Teaching basics this is from Alexander. He says, "Hello, allies. Many of us don't like tutorials in games, and even yeah. fewer people appreciate apparent statements in games trailers or presentation. But what is obvious for veterans is unknown by newcomers. If you want to have commercial success, you have to address outsiders in your marketing campaign. For example, even after watching all of your streams of Super Smash games and this year's Nintendo Direct, I still have no idea how you win the match and what those percentages mean. And such as I don't understand what's going on, I have zero interest in this franchise. I know that I can find answers online, but because I have no interest and because there are so many other games, I have no desire to do so. This is on you. That's on you. Hold on. Okay. Is there a good way to explain the basics of your game without making your trailer or presentation feel like a dev diary that only dedicated fans will want to watch? You're just you're trying to s- smash your opponent off the stage. The higher the percentage, the more likely they are to be smashed off. Boom. That's it. Now you're interested. That's it. That's all that percentage means. I, when you say it's it's on him. No, I'm joking. Okay. Um, uh, I think that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Anybody looking at a fighting game, I love health meters. You see two health meters, you get it. You know what I mean? My dad could watch a fighting game tournament and understand who is winning and who is losing because everything is clearly communicated. There's two fighters with two health bars. I, so so clear. I would like to see your dad watch like MVC. And, we did. We and watched Evo. We watched Evo together. Okay. Yeah, it was All fun. Right. Okay. He, like, he got it. We well, you know, we watched Street Fighter. Okay. Which Street is Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. I can nobody's understand. tagging in and yeah, out. MVC yeah, yeah. gets nuts. Um, but yeah, I actually think it's a good point and. A lot of Smash Bros. kind of goes off like, you know what this is. But Kyle, that's a point that I want to bring up, though. Yeah. Because, like, 
<laughs> Smash is wildly popular, right? Like yes, it, it, is. it is. It is. It is. I think. I don't think wildly popular is is an overstatement. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, much like we were talking about with Destiny, I think you get to a point where like you have people that are so devoted and excited that you don't want to appear like you don't care about them to the point where they turn away. Like I, th- I feel like you're constantly trying to to fight that balance. And so while you might be frustrated in how they're messaging something, ten other people might be mm-hmm. way excited about it. And I'm. And I also feel like if you don't know the mechanics or what is even going on in Smash, if you're a newcomer, the only thing that matters is that there's like 70 icons battling it out. I I feel like if I didn't know what the game was, I would look and I'd be like, oh, I like Mario or like I'm going to find like, oh, I'm a Metal Gear fan, but I don't know what Smash is. Uh, Solid Snake's in there. I think actually you know, Bayonetta. I, I like Bayonetta. I've never played Smash, but I like Bayonetta, so I'm hopping. I in. think that's a fair point, but I also think that roster can work the other way, where it's like it's I don't know much. who these Fire Emblem characters are. I don't know King K. Rool. Mm. Like so, uh, a, a regular, just a regular person with a regular base knowledge does not know each of those 74 characters. Yeah, yeah, but, but I think even Mario most hardcore game fans don't know all 74. But of them. think about it this way: I think that what he's describing is more important when you're trying to get something off the ground. This is yes, called Super sure. Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> this is the <laughs> ultimate version of the thing that you love. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's the first Smash on Switch. I get that. Uh, there's definitely an argument to be made there. But I, I, for something that is... If you're like... If something seems interesting to you, and I totally agree with you, Huber, that you don't need to know all 74 characters, I I feel like it's kind of like a one thing leads to another. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're so out that the idea of Mario fighting Sonic is not interesting to you, (laughs) then, like, I don't know if learning (laughs) more is necessarily going to convince you. I feel like you have to start from the most basic point, and there's so much out there that it's really easy to take the smallest steps with almost no effort. Yeah, there's so many characters. Chances are you love at least one and you're excited about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to, so I want to give praise though to, I was trying to think of like some commercial <coughs> or campaign that advertises its concepts within its trailer, you know, cause like even like Red Dead, Red Dead would never make an attempt to tell you what the X button does while you're playing the game in a trailer. Right. Um, I thought of the Pokemon let's go reveal and you see the weird ball controller. You see people outside of the game yep. actively throwing the ball. We knew exactly how to play that game after that trailer. And yeah. so I think you can do it. I think if you have abstract concepts that aren't in a game yet, uh, you can communicate them mostly through showing people playing it. I like that kind of thing. I don't think Nintendo... I mean, this is the scope of this question is actually a lot broader than just Smash. We are focusing on Smash. But yeah. uh, I don't think Nintendo views... Smash is a game for everybody. I think they view it for a hardcore audience, and I think they view Pokemon Let's Go f- as something for everybody. Yeah. Uh, which, like, maybe isn't the right call, but I think that's where they're going. Yeah. Sakurai crosses his arms and says, come to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Smart. Yep. Because then your loyal fan base is happy and pleased. <laughs> it kind of ties in with Forsaken, man. Yeah. It kind of ties in. You yeah. make them happy, you make everyone happy, and that, that good vibes and goodwill is going to spew out and spill out, and then other people are going to, oh, what's that? I'm going to hop in. Yeah. Come to me because I'm locked here. <laughs> I can't escape. <laughs> save me. Yeah. Save, save me. Just mm. a question to you. I don't think I've ever directly asked you this, Kyle. Hmm. Like, I get genuinely concerned when Sakurai says during the break... I don't think I'll ever get a break, will I? 
It hurts that, me. That hurts bothers me. Yeah. me. It hurts me. I don't want to know what that man has been going through for like 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, you know, he gets, he, he got to make Kid Icarus and he was so excited about it, you know? It's like, it, it, it hurts. It hurts. And he's so good. He is just one of the only people who can make that game. Absolutely. I think he's the only person in the world who can make that game. And so, yeah, you know, tough. Tough I, to be like that level. Are there any Microsoft or Sony characters ever in a Smash yet? Have we no. hit that? Until Banjo-Kazooie comes yeah. out as DLC. Banjo-Kazooie. I'm going to count Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. And Snake. They count. Is They're Final there Fantasy because VII of... out on Xbox or is it coming out? It I is coming. It, okay. it will be out soon. I count it because the PlayStation popularized those, platform, those, those franchises. Mm-hmm. They are intrinsically tied in with PlayStation. Sure. And so I would count those, even though they're not owned by Sony, you know? Yeah. Cool. I would love, like, the exclusives to get in there. Master Chief and, like, Kratos or something would just be so awesome. Master Banjo Chief would be, would be cool. so funny. Get Banjo Kazooie in there. Kratos? No, it, like Chief. just oh, Master, Master Chief, Chief yeah. like Master Chief pulling out an assault rifle. Yeah, like I know there are guns. weapons and guns in Smash Brothers, but there's something about Master Chief yeah. doing it and hearing that assault rifle. Assault sound rifle. He could have the pistol. And he could have he actually, the, the sticky bomb. He'd actually punch and kick really hard too. Yeah, he's you can a do, big boy. You're, you're he's a Spartan. Yeah. Man. Your up B could be the energy sword going up or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I love yeah. he's like seven feet tall. Yeah, dude, he's, that's a big guy. It'd be so cool. You could do the slam. Is, yeah, you could see yeah. the moveset very Dude, easily. The stage, too, could be on like the Halo ring in the and you background. You have like, Warhogs mm. driving in the background. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd but be I awesome. I would want it to be Blood Gulch. <laughs> Blood Gulch, for sure. Okay. With, like two teleporters on the other side. Well, what, is, uh, what does Alt Smash be? I don't know. Cortana, like Cortana starts Cortana. crying and she's like, okay. <laughs> just like all screen shakes. Yeah. I don't know, man. Okay, I was going to suggest like a banshee, but Cortana, Cortana. crying is yeah, way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, uh, it's, I don't know. And then it's just like you come back and everybody's just gone. Kratos, like, rage mode. Yeah, easy. That's or easy Atreus, mode. like, pops out of nowhere. Uh, or he could grow. He gets the sword, just... Yeah. <laughs> just stomps on people and crashes with the sword. I would love, like, your first smash with Kratos, and you fight, and you're doing, like, three stock or something, and you just stab them, and they, they just lose all their stocks. And they're just dead. <laughs> The winner is Kratos, Kratos. and it's just their body <laughs> down there. All right. Uh, our last email comes in from Total Justice Gaming. Total Justice. Uh, Joe. Comes in from Joe. That's more accurate. Okay. Hello, allies. Recently, I was at a friend's house, and he wanted me to try Red Dead 2. Admittedly, I told him I'm not the biggest fan of the Western genre, but I do enjoy a good game nonetheless. I played a bit... I, having played a bit of Red Dead 1 previously and enjoyed it, I was very annoyed at the amount of simulation systems that are in Red Dead Redemption 2 and how they got in the way of playing. Mm. Um, it's like a buck. I love that stuff. Needing it to hurts. keep up with eating is fine, as that's in a lot of games, but in a more passive sense, such as restoring health, and this was just one of the systems that go a little too far. I noticed that this shared a lot of the unwanted systems from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, needing to eat, maintain weight, shave, and take baths, greatly impacted my enjoyment of that game. I enjoy a good simulation experience, but when it's advertised as a simulation, these systems were dumped from the Grand Theft Auto franchise for a reason, and the fact that they popped up in here made me choose to get Dragon Quest XI over this game. <laughs> While I recognize That's a win for anime. Yeah. It's a win for anime. <laughs> While I recognize this is the superior game, <laughs> this is not what I want to be doing. 
just to be able to interact with the NPCs in the game. Plus, there's already an exorbitant amount of things you need to keep track of in Red Dead Redemption 2 anyway. Red Dead Redemption 2 anyway. Why add these systems to just further complicate an already packed game? You guys feel that simulation aspects need to be in games to pad or deepen their systems? And just how much is too much? It's not too much because if you don't engage with any of it, you'll still be fine. That's what I actually like. I was actually going to praise it for that yeah. reason. You I, do I not barely need- ever... Yeah. Like, you'll be at a disadvantage if you don't maintain your guns. What Like, if you don't clean I mean, it. But, like, a slight nah, disadvantage. Yeah. Your, your exactly. horse as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I do think there is, like, a natural, like, okay, I really need to do this when the game pops up and it's like, mm-hmm. your horse is dirty. Yeah. You, you want to do but that. But every time I get off my horse after a long ride, just give it a little scrub and that's sure, it. Sure, sure, like, sure. Like, even when I'm not you, saying it's wrong. Yeah, even when you engage with it, I think it's just not that much. Hmm. And I also really appreciated, like not having to engage with it so much as to where like if i was off in the wilderness for an extended period of time doing missions and 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 the like coming back into town for an extended break were some of my favorite moments in the game so Mm. i'd be off for a while i'd come back my hair would be long i'd be hungry my horse would be dirty and my guns would be dirty do it in one fell swoop coming back to civilization take a bath get a good night's sleep (laughs) go back out there and, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, like, the th- like there's things where it's just like, come on, bring us back more food, Arthur. And the game lets me say, no. Mm-hmm. No penalty. Who cares? Yeah. I don't care about your food. <laughs> Who cares? I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get free stew once in a while. It's like, I'm good. Yep. Yeah. That's all I need to do. And I so love the, the stew for some And reason. you can even pay to, like, raise that stuff up. Yeah, and I'm not going to yeah. ever. And so that's what I, I I like that freedom. I actually think it is a freedom. You don't have to worry about all mm-hmm. these simulation aspects. If somebody gets into it, if they're doing lots of side quests, I can imagine that they're going to have more mileage on them. They will need to eat more. They mm-hmm. will need to do things. But that's that kind of player, and that's a, that is, it just doesn't yeah. interfere with the kind of player that I am. Because even if you're underweight and you forget about eating and you don't eat, you're you sprint faster, but you have a little less health. Oh, so cool. it it it. It's not even a penalty. I kind of like, want that. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. So it's like if you keep eating a bunch and you're overweight, then you're slower, but you're a tank. You have more health. So it's trade-offs. Mm-hmm. You're not like, you need to eat or you're going to die out there. Like, For me personally, Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the most immersive games that I've played this year. Yeah. And I think a lot of the complaints that maybe I have or other people have with how Red Dead Redemption 2 operates on many different levels are completely valid. Mm-hmm. I think it is... Totally fair, some of the things people are saying against Red Redemption 2. Yeah. At the same time, I really don't like games being homogenous, and that is something that I think both publishers and the gaming community pushes for way too much, where they'll not like something like like not like some quirk, and they'll be like, a bunch of other games don't do this for a reason. I don't like that mentality. Mm -hmm. I like that Red Dead Redemption 2 is so weird. I like that it is doing something so far out of left field in many different ways for a big box game like this. I think that should be celebrated in its own way. You don't have to like it. That's fine. But I don't think it needs to be like everything else. Because on the exact opposite end of the spectrum for open worlds, you have like Assassin's Creed and Spider-Man, which are following tradition, following structure, go to the checkpoint, do the mission, get XP, move on. Yeah. Like, 
Right. It's not, That's it's not awesome. Like, it's not bad. I love both ends of it. Right. It's not like there's a lack of open yeah. world games. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lack of westerns. You, you mm-hmm. could make some arguments, but yeah. But, uh, I do yeah. also, to the person who wrote that, I want to say, like, good job just getting Dragon Quest. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? yeah. Instead of, like, trying to make your friend happy and just pushing yourself through Red Dead, which mm-hmm. you, I don't think you would enjoy. If you if you saw yeah. it and didn't like it, you're not going to enjoy it. Play what you want to play. It's totally cool. Play. Yeah. play what you want to play. I, I do think Dragon Quest Eleven is one of those games where... If you just give it a chance, you'll be surprised at how much you like it. Yeah. I'm 15 hours in. Haven't come back to it in like three weeks, though, dude. But you like it. Piling up. I love it. Piling up. Draconic Quest. <laughs> Huber, it's so it epic. just keeps getting better. I know. Oh, it's so good. Cool. I think that's going to do it for Frame Trap. This was a lively one. Thank you for that liveliness. Okay, all right. Why? Why? <laughs> we almost made it. I think you had like super sanity up until that point. What? Just, yeah. just no. But why? I don't know. What Negan, was that? Negan popped into the brain from earlier. So. L- listeners, what you're missing is Huber put his nose right up on that mic and snorted like a pig. We were almost out. We were. We, we almost had. We were seconds away from being it's out. Sabotage. I don't like. I don't like ending frame trap. Oh, okay. It's so warm oh. and cozy. All right. Well. I like being in. You know what, Huber? I think the, I think the, that's partially true. I also think you enjoy a little pig, little pig. Oh, we all do. So, we all yeah. do. We all love a little yeah. pig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that liveliness, Kyle Bossman and Michael Huber. It's been a fun, fun frame trap for me at least. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. If you want to send an email, get your get your your opinions out there, your hot takes onto the show, respond to what we've been saying, or to present something new that we didn't think of. AskEasyAllies at gmail.com is the address. One more time, it's AskEasyAllies at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time.